everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm your host, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Hey. Terrence is a little under the weather today, which is a damn shame, because, of course, we are, uh, for the third third year in a row, we are doing a Dense Pixels review of WrestleMania, henceforth dubbed Pixelmania 3. <laughs> at this point, which of course happened last night, we are we are recording this before uh, Smarkamania and Smarkdown Live happened this week as well, <laughs> which I'm which I'm officially anointing the post WrestleMania episode of SmackDown because I'm sure they're going to go big on that one as well. I'm you know, my my wife, uh, we watch shows on Sunday and and all that you know was put to the side because WrestleMania came on right, and today she was like, so. Because you watched wrestling yesterday and you saw everything there was because it was the Super Bowl, you don't need to watch it tonight, right? So you can catch up on our shows. And I'm like, this is the best time to watch. Right, Monday like, like, Wednesday. like, like, explain to her the the episode of Raw after WrestleMania is the greatest episode of Raw. Yeah, every year. I, I told her. I said, I said WrestleMania is like the season finale, and then it immediately starts the new season the next day. How like, like so so like watch. if you ranked episodes of Raw of your like like Smarkamania would be number one and I think the I think the last episode I think the first episode after the Royal Rumble is usually number two yeah typically because yeah. that's because that's where things start to congeal for WrestleMania season we're talking too much about WrestleMania right now we have the whole <laughs> back half of the show to do that so so stay t- stay tuned for that um, real quick we'll touch on what we've been playing um, you and I can talk about our continued endeavors. With Mass Effect first, and I don't want to say a whole lot about it because we talked about it a lot last week, and and I have some plans on stuff we're going to do about that later on. Um, but I just like I'm almost at forty hours in two weeks, which is an insane amount of time for me to play a video game. Yeah, it's in two weeks, in, man. It it really does. Like it's it's just been a lot of fun. I will say the one thing that. I don't even know if I would call this a critique because there is so much to do in the game, but it does feel like if you if you were to just do the main story, the game would be over pretty quickly. I I, I had a feeling that was the case, mm-hmm. which is why I'm at a point now where I saved someone mm-hmm. and I brought that person back home, and in order to advance the plot, you have to go talk to that person, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, nuts to this. I'm hmm. going to go explore. It's weird because at the exact same point of the game, <laughs> I also said, well, let me go run around for 15 hours and do other stuff that isn't the main story. And, uh, uh yeah. That's so, so that's funny. something that happened. That's so funny. <laughs> I only have, uh, I only have three planets at a hundred percent. Me too. Actually, and, that's uh, where I'm at right now too. So yeah, man, like it's, you you old Brad. <laughs> you an old man. <laughs> it's uh it's it's just been a lot of fun though. It's it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, just I don't have a lot more to say now. Um, you know, we'll have to save this till we do a formal review, which is something that we have planned, yeah. at least for uh, Micah and I. Um, and uh, that's something to look forward to in the future. We're not going to shed any more details on that because that's something that'll be. Later, a little, you know, later on down the road, kind of thing. But, uh, yep. but look forward to that because uh, this is probably the last we'll speak about it on this show. Um, but yeah, Matt, it's 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 been good, and it's if if you are at all interested in RPGs, you should definitely get it because it's been it's been pretty fantastic. Um, you, sir, also finally procured yourself a Nintendo Switch console. Which yeah, of, 
Of course, yeah. means you have Zelda as well. Um, thanks, Jax, for letting us know on uh, the fan group that Best Buy was having uh, having them in stock for like 15 minutes, and uh, I, I was able to get one, and I got it sent here, and um, I hooked it up, and 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 then I didn't play it. Because Mass Effect was there. <laughs> you didn't play. You didn't play Zelda at all. I did. I did. I, okay. I didn't play it. You know, like you know, you come home and you got a, like a new toy and you want to play it, right? Mm-hmm. That wasn't the case. Like I thought, I would immediately jump on it, and I didn't. I um, I I hooked it up and made sure it was working. Said, all right, let me put a hundred bucks on here. There's two games that I want, and uh, I downloaded those games. And when they were done. I still kept playing Mass Effect. <laughs> so I didn't play it that day. And I think I got the console. I got the console on a um on a Friday. Mm-hmm. And I didn't play it until Sunday. Um, so but before so before you give your very, very initial impressions on Zelda, what you're saying is that despite the fact that Zelda is this like once in a generation, you know, you know, preeminent game. If Mass Effect Andromeda doesn't win Game of the Year at the Keeleys, we riot? Is that is that what you're trying to say? Uh, I'm a riot. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm ready to riot, too. <laughs> um, but yeah, I finally started playing it. And um, and uh, I'll go, I'll talk about the system as, as, a, as a whole. The system, it, it, it's a good looking piece of technology. Mm-hmm. But it's it's in this weird area where it is simultaneously too big and too small. Yes. I, I was wondering how you would get on with the controllers because you are a large-handed individual. Yeah, those things are not comfortable, man. Yeah. They're, they're really uncomfortable. And it's not even funny. Like, it, it's it's poor design. Um, I Like, I, I'd have to hand it to a kid to see how the kid can move around with those joysticks. But... I mean, I feel like I feel like one of my fingers is as is as long as that Joy-Con. Like, like it it just doesn't uh, it doesn't feel good in the hand when you when you hook it up to the uh, to the little to, when you hook the the two Joy Cons up to the little dock controller thing. Mm-hmm. It helps a little bit, but like I always get on Terrence, you know, who always says, "Oh, my hands are too big. My hands are too big." I'm like, no, they're not. They're not too big for a PlayStation controller, but they're way too big for a, a Joy-Con. Right. Um. So that's 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 all I've got to say about that. the The Joy-Con itself, like I, the way I have my living room set up, I I have my chair and I put my feet on an ottoman, and the only time I would lose sync with the uh, console was when my feet were up. So wait, really? Yeah, yeah. You can't really have too much stuff in the way of the. That's your feet, though, man. Like it's supposed to be Bluetooth. It it's not. I this this isn't like an infrared fucking sensor on a controller that needs a straight line. I thought it was infrared. No, no. They they they, there there is an infrared um reader on one of the Joy-Con controllers, but that has nothing to do with how it interfaces with the console. It's not as bad as as some people make it out to be, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, cause you'll be you'll be walking, and all of a sudden you'll need to move, and then you'll still walk in that direction, and it's like, wait, what? Like this doesn't this isn't working? And then I move my feet, and then I you know, 
everything is okay. So it that that's annoying. That I mean, like, let's <laughs> let's be honest. That shit is fucking annoying. Um, the uh, the UI is very bare bones, which you know, whatever. You don't uh, you don't uh, play a game to look at the menus in the system, right? Right. So uh, a lesson that Microsoft should probably learn eventually <laughs> at some point. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, it gets the job done. Um, the console feels feels right uh in terms of weight um the screen is about is slightly bigger than my iPhone 7 plus to give you uh to give you a to give you which means it's it's okay for a portable but you legitimately can't put it in your pocket like i mm-hmm. you know and i and i have like thieving pants from when i used to steal right those are the only <laughs> pants that you could put those things in, right? Because they have incredibly deep pockets. So, you know, if you're wearing like, you know, any type of like khakis or whatever, it's going to look like you got a weird boner in your pocket. <laughs> um, battery life, I can, I can, I can give you a, a very accurate, um, assessment of battery life. I started playing, well, no, I was playing Zelda and, um, WrestleMania, I, I was playing Zelda through the pre-show, and then once the pre-show went off mm-hmm. at 7, I said, all right, let me switch huh? from the TV to the handheld uh, portion, and I started playing, and I was playing it while I had wrestling on, and the so from a full charge at 7, mm-hmm. uh, I got my battery notifications Um around the Undertaker Roman Reigns match. So like so four hours four hours with Zelda? So that's then? about four hours. Okay. With uh with Zelda playing. Um so it's it's okay, right? Like it, it, it'll it'll last you a plane ride, you know? Mm-hmm. Um so that's the console itself. The console itself is a is a mixed bag. It's got it's got really bright ideas, but Poor design choices. Okay. Zelda is fucking worth it. And it, I, I mean, I'm digging, like, it doesn't do anything different in terms of, you know, an open world fantasy game. Mm-hmm. Like, Skyrim does everything that Zelda does, but it's so different for Zelda that it, it breathes life into the series. And it's like, it's almost like a simulator, right? Like mm-hmm. everything you do uh, affects your stamina, right? Like you climb, you run, you, you hang on anything. You hang on your little hang glider and all that stuff, uh, affects your stamina. The one thing about the Zelda that I'm not terribly impressed with is there are no heart containers anymore. So you mm-hmm. have to, there are like mini dungeons that you have to figure out. Some of them, are clever some of them aren't and there are like 120 of them so they can't be long right they're only right. like three to five minutes and that kind of sucks like you i i kind of want dungeons but look maybe i'll get those later on like i'm i'm literally only five hours into it are they kind of like the vaults in um andromeda yes and no it, it, they're like the vaults in that you you have to go to them to like they're the vaults in Andromeda are 
they're like one specific vault in mm-hmm. Andromeda, in the um, Harvel, the Harvel vault, where it's just literally two rooms. Right. That's what those mini dungeons are like. And some of them have like clever little gimmicks that you have, like you, oh, okay, like you puzzle solving gimmicks. But man, like the presentation of that Zelda game is great. And I'm into the story and uh, it's, it's, it's not an easy Zelda game. Mm-hmm. Like your, your weapons, like everyone, everyone said this before, but your weapons break and um, you have to manage your inventory and your resources. And instead of being over encumbered, you have a certain limit as to how many things you can carry. Um, I had to, there were, there were certain, we- I said, why is there a thermometer there? That's because there are certain weather transitions where you will freeze to death mm-hmm. if you don't have the right clothing or if you don't cook and eat like some hot tamales to kind of, you know, keep your energy up. And it's it's worth it, man. Like you believe the hype, man. Believe the hype. So I'm looking forward to getting into it. Um, I. It's not gonna pull me off of Andromeda just because I'm I'm too deep into Andromeda, mm-hmm. but it's a nice alternative for me to play. And um, yeah, man, believe the hype. It's that good. Cool. All right, very good. Um, so we're gonna move on from there. I I've got a bone to pick with 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 some of you listeners out there. Why <laughs> we didn't have anyone sign up last week for premium content for a year? The streak is dead. As Jay, uh, as Jay told me, this oh, makes me man. sad. This makes sad. me sad because over 200 hours of content is just sitting there waiting for you to hop on and do it. So again, you go to the Nerdpocalypse. Actually, no, I'm sorry. I listened, I listened to the Nerdpocalypse this past week. You can even go to densepixels.com slash premium and you should because it's easier to spell as we've yeah. mentioned time and time again. So you go to densepixels.com slash premium. You sign up for premium content for TNP Studios. It's just 5 bucks a month or $50 for the entire year. You get episodes of the airing of grievances. You get the Look Forward Political Podcast, which you can listen to the first half hour for free every week on iTunes. You get the Men with the Golden Tongues, hosted by the duo that you're listening to right now as you speak. And you get episodes of No Time to Bleed. Like I said, 200 hours right now, over 200 hours. There's more content every single week. DensePixels.com slash premium. Get it done. Subscribe, listen, do all that cool stuff. And uh and let us do cool stuff for you in the future. Because we do are we are gonna be doing cool stuff in the future. Just keep your keep your ears open. What this week? Correct me if I'm um, wrong. Not this week. Uh in April. Yes. Definitely in April. April's going to be a very good month. Um it's it's things we've been promising stuff and it's finally gonna come to a head. And, um, and yeah, so we're, we're hoping that, um, that, uh, you, you enjoy what we're, what we're putting out there. Excellent. So, uh, speaking of what's being put out there, uh, new releases this week. So Persona 5 released this week. That's probably the big one that, uh, a lot of people are excited about. I've never played a Persona game. Um, they sound very interesting, but not a game that, I have time to invest into because that's a game that can easily take over a hundred hours. That is to um, get through. That is exactly what Persona is. Persona. I played Persona Four. It was one of the few games that I played on my Vita that I really, really liked. 
But um, I remember driving into uh, riding up to New York, and that's like a four-hour bus ride. And all I did was just play Persona Four. Um, it's a it's an incredibly interesting like like game where by day you you go and you're a high school student and and you have to develop these social relationships and then by night you're fighting demons you know mm. what i mean it's really cool i kind of want persona 5 but there's too much stuff i might well, I, I don't have enough time plus you know that they'll come out with some sort of like ultimate edition of that because they always do yeah. so you can just wait for that yep um as far as other games coming out, Air Conflict Secret Wars Ultimate Edition, if you're looking for like a flight combat game. Uh, Arma Gallant, Decks of Destiny. This is a deck building game in video game fashion. I don't know much about it, um, but I will at least give it a cursory look because it's got deck building, so I have to. I'm contractually obligated to. <laughs> um, Bulletstorm Full Clip Edition. Hey, if you want to pay $60 for Bulletstorm in 2017, go for it. Uh, <laughs> and Lego City Undercover. Uh, which is a game that released a couple years ago, but now it's coming out to all consoles, and I've actually heard that that game is pretty good, so if you like the LEGO series, check it out. Um, on the digital front, it is a new month, so we have new PlayStation Plus games for you. Um, the new game, Drawn to Death, which is from David Jaffe. Uh, this is a third-person shooter um, that the art style is very unique because it's basically like the hand drawings of like a high schooler's notebook. It's got a very... like. Um, like a almost like a Beavis and Buttheadish quality to it. It looks yeah, like, like a like a liquid television vibe. For yeah, yeah, that's, that's actually a better comparison. Up there. So, uh, so yeah, so that, so that's free if you have PlayStation Plus right now. So definitely check that out. Um, Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time is the other free PS4 game that you get, which is a game that's received a lot of critical acclaim. Uh, and then for some reason on PS3, they're giving you a free version of Invisimals. Um, Calling it great value Pokemon would be an insult to the great value line, so I don't even <laughs> want to go. I don't even want to go to that uh to that extreme. And if you're worried about offending the great value line, then you know something is uh something is amiss there. That's that's free on PS3, and so is a game called uh, Alien Rage, which is another the other free game that's on PS3 this month for PlayStation. So there's that um, new games. There's a story driven adventure game called Blackwood Crossing that is coming out. Um, there's a VR game called Mortal Blitz VR, which looks like a poor man's Eon Flux from the cover. And then uh, try saying this five times fast. Parappa the Rapper Remastered is coming out also on <laughs> PS4 this week. So those are your new releases. Um, we don't have a question of the week this week. We foregone it because we're going to be talking quite a bit about WrestleMania. So uh, we will have something for you next week. And because we're doing Pixelmania 3... The video game news gods have smiled upon us and given us a docket full of nothing but headlines. There's nothing in this docket that could officially qualify as a top story. So thank you, video game news gods. So I will throw it to Micah, and he will get us rocking and rolling with these. Bungie released a trailer announcing Destiny 2. It's coming out. You can pre-order it now. It's coming out in September. Is there a hard and fast date? September 8th is the hard and fast 8th. date. Oh, man. Um, the trailer's funny. It's, I love um, the trailer. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, man. It's it's uh, Zavala. Um, um, oh, I can't remember uh, the Lance Reddick. Lance no, Reddick. No, uh, Lance Reddick. Oh, oh um, no, I don't remember the Warlock's name either. Search and, the uh, E. That's all I know. So. And uh, and Nathan Fillion as Cade, 
Um, damn, I'm drawing a blank on the actress too. And I don't want to call her Lawrence Fishburne's wife. <laughs> she has her own identity. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's killing me. I'm I'll sorry. look it up while you're talking. It's fine. Thank you very much. Um, and Zavala's given this rousing speech to, uh, to, to amp up the troops. And Cade is just, and it's juxtaposed with Cade, uh, giving a, Different type of speech. <laughs> but, a, but a perfect truth. speech that illustrates why we all love Cade yeah, as man. a character. This is um, pretty much... Uh, Ikora Ray is the warlock voiced by Gina Torres. That's yes! Who you thank were trying you. To think of, thank so. you. Um, the, yeah, I, I, I like what they're doing with Destiny. Destiny has always had very, very good lore. Uh, and then once they've kind of adopted the space western slash you know space uh space like knights of the round type thing that they've been doing it's it's uh it's it's always been really good but execution in the story was always their problem mm-hmm. they they rectified that with the um taken king expansion they kind of regressed a little bit in the uh iron the um the rise of iron expansion the rise of iron expansion but Hopefully they will take all the uh everything that they've learned over the past three years and give us something completely incredible. And I am I am here for it. I am incredibly excited. They also in the trailer, apparently the cabal just blew everything up. On, yeah, uh, which is which is a convenient <laughs> explanation as to why your guardian that you carry over from the first game doesn't have any of the stuff that you had. They destroyed your vault. Like what like what the hell is the point? Like just just let me make a new guardian then cuz i don't think anybody is so attached to the 5 minute uh character creator that they the I don't really created a character. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have a problem with carrying over my guardian as long as i'm i can edit his appearance. That's the one thing that i'm going to need. Um and if that's the case, like why don't you just let people create a new guardian like it's it's well you can like you don't have to, i don't think you're gonna be forced to carry yours over i think well, that yeah, you're right you're right i think that doing so will get you some benefits or at least like if you play like you might not even need to transfer the guardian to get those benefits like that might just be tied to your tied to your, to your profile yeah yeah because i want to i want to change my guardian i tried to make my guardian look like uh chapel from spawn mm-hmm. right just a black guy with uh white skull face paint and um this is why i don't put like a bunch of makeup and shit on my characters because i get tired of it right well i mean you just want to change it's it's something you want to change up anyway generally yeah so yeah yeah, all about it i thought the trailer was note perfect um they also announced a ridiculous collector's edition that comes with like a you know swag you know swanky bag with like a laptop sleeve and a solar powered usb charger and all this other bullshit for 250 dollars um there's also going to be a regular limited edition that includes the the expansion one and expansion two um apparently those will have to do with uh rasputin and osiris if i'm not mistaken those two uh those two first expansions that come out for the game. Uh, yeah, man, bring the shit on. I'm really excited that I, there, there's not a ton of games that I'm like jonesing for that are coming out this fall because that'll give me lots of time to get into uh, to Destiny 2. I have the I have uh, another unfortunate dilemma of what system to buy this on. Uh, I'm you know, what's funny. I have the same dilemma because I'm pretty sure that I'm going to get a free PS4 copy. But most of the people in our fan group um, who play Destiny 
play it on Xbox. So like I right. even, even though I'm going to get a free copy on PlayStation, I might still um have to get an Xbox copy if I want to play with you guys, which is would also suck because I won't be able to carry over um any of my shit because obviously I only have it on on PlayStation right now. So I'm going to need y'all out there to tell me if you're going to be playing it on uh on PlayStation or Xbox. Yeah. And uh and cuz that might sway me as to, as far as what I decide to play it on. There you go. But uh, yeah, I'll be pre-ordering once I oh, get yeah. from people. I'll be pre-ordering. Oh, it's probably up right now. now. Like you could probably pre-order it oh, tomorrow or tonight yeah, if you, you wanted could pre-order to. Pre-order it right now <laughs> on both systems. I was so tempted, man. But the way Microsoft does their pre-ordering, mm-hmm. if you don't have Microsoft points and you want to pre-order using your card, mm-hmm. you can do that. But they won't charge you until the game actually releases. So, like, and, and not even when the game releases, like. Any time between the day the game releases or 10 days before. Okay. And I, no, nah, man, like when you live in paycheck to paycheck, like me, uh, nah, I gotta, I gotta factor all that shit in, man. It's like people who, who get a check and then don't cash it for a month. Like, motherfucker, cash that damn check. <laughs> so Destiny 2 is coming, uh, which is great. Uh, Marvel and Insomniac Spider-Man for the PS4 is releasing this year. Maybe depending Maybe. depending on who you believe. The uh, the game was announced during e- during an E3 presentation last year and doesn't have an official title. Um, but uh, Ryan Ped- Penagos, vice president and executive. Uh, editor of Marvel Digital Media confirmed that Spider-Man will be coming to PS4 later this year. Um, um, Insomniac this morning said that there is no estimated time frame for the game's release, despite what this dude says. Um, so who do you believe? That's the I, question. I kind of, I kind of, I want to believe this Marvel guy, right? Because I think he just got so excited that he blew his load and he he shot too fast. Well, here's here's what I think. I I I think that Sony and Insomniac may be playing coy because I think that they want to have this in their hip pocket for E3. I I think it will come out this year. I do think that is true. Yeah. Um. But I think they want to be the ones to make a grand announcement on the E3 stage this year, where they can also show like gameplay. And stuff like that. And I think this guy uh, maybe jumped the gun a little bit as far as confirming the date. All right, well, he didn't confirm a date. He just said it'll be out this year. But most people did not think that that was going to be the case. Everyone thought that this was going to be a 2018 release for sure. What if, and this is just me speculating, right? Mm-hmm. This dude says it's coming out this year. To your point, uh, maybe Sony and Insomniac want to have a presentation at E3. E3 is in June. Mm-hmm. There's a Spider-Man movie coming out in July. No, there's no way they'd release it in summer. There's no uh, way. Oh man, I really don't think so. It's it, really, like 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 su- summer is the time for movies. It is not the time for yeah, video games. Yeah, you're right. It's just me wishful thinking. I'd buy it. Damn it. No, and and plus, like, like, oh, I, you know, I, but you know what? You know, if if Spider Man is coming out, if Spider Man the film is coming out in July, mm-hmm. that means that the Blu Ray digital release 
It's coming out four months later. Yeah. So there you go. That 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 is way more feasible for sure. Bam. And you could even do you could even do like a tie-in bonus. Like if you order it on the PlayStation Store, maybe you get the Spider-Man movie, for, Spider-Man yeah, Homecoming the, for free, or or like a discount or something like that. Yeah. Oh, or they'll, or they do like a bundle for like seventy, where you get you know the game and the movie together. Man, we could be Sony executives. We really should be. I mean, that's 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 really our true calling in life. Like, it's just a shame they haven't hired us. Absolutely. No, because so. they know that the first thing we would do is fix that goddamn television division. <laughs> TVs aren't that good to be costing all that money. We can we can hire Jay to fix the uh, movie division once we got there. So. There you go. There you go. So uh, coming up this year, let's keep our fingers crossed, everybody. And and also to to that point, don't be shocked if if it does not end up doing that because I would expect Mar- Insomniac to know more than Marvel does about this particular property. Yeah, this dude doesn't. Yeah, you know this dude. This dude is excited and he's a manager, right? And he just he's just and he's probably like middle management. So he's he's uh, he's not the one doing the actual work. Well, I th- I th- I think he. I think he has a say, but this game will be released on Sony's timeline, not on Marvel's timeline. Like Marvel, I don't think is going to have a ton of sway in terms of when this game is out or or at least like the time period for when the game releases. I think it's much more in Sony's hands for when they want to release the game. I I like your theory about releasing it alongside of the movie if it's done by that point. It it, it makes sense, right? It makes makes too much sense. sense not to do it, honestly. Which means it won't be done. Right, that's probably true too. <laughs> it's too busy trying too. to make a Venom movie for God's sake. <laughs> oh boy! Um, guess what, folks? The Nintendo Switch locks your data and saved games to a single system. You can't upload them to the cloud. You don't have access to them from the same account on another piece of hardware, and you can't move them uh, to an SD card to keep them safe. This is very bad when Nintendo itself isn't able to move your data to a new system. Yeah, like we we even knew like we talked about this before how there's no way to copy save files, but everyone assumed that Nintendo had some sort of like secret method that they could do it. So like if you sent your system in for repair and you needed a new one, that you'd at least be able to keep all your save files. Nope. If you send that shit in and they need to replace your your unit with another Nintendo Switch, guess what, buddy? Gone. <laughs> I mean that again good ideas poor design <laughs> and and or poor execution poor really. execution yeah that's that's what it really boils down to here um the first comment in the article on polygon which is where we got the story is that the first line is there's really not an excuse for this there really isn't an excuse for this like it's it is quite ridiculous if you're going to force people like like if if they need it fixed which is something that might be completely out of their hands there has to be some level of backup option there has to be right because because sometimes shit just happens too man like save files sometimes get corrupted and have to get deleted like that's happened to me on every console that i've owned yeah so far so like like i'm not saying that it's gonna be like a widespread problem but it is a huge problem like could you imagine like like carrie like what like what if she had lost that zelda file that she has where she just beat the game well, I think I think Carrie is uh, a bit of a special case because she is a sycophant for Nintendo. She would be like, oh, that just means I get to play it all over again. <laughs> <laughs> 
Whereas I would be fucking livid. I, I mean, I, I, I've I've had bad save files like significantly into a game that's killed my excitement for wanting to go back and play the game again. Oh, absolutely. So I remember, I remember my uh, my old roommate played those castle those um, those uh, Castlevania 3D fake God of War games, right? Mm-hmm. And I told her, I said, "Hey, just a heads up, like there's rumors going around that." Once you get to a certain point, like your save file will corrupt, and it's like at the end of the game. And once you get to your, once you get to a certain point, the game might crash and you won't be able to recover. You better make a backup. And she didn't make a backup, and shit, and it happened to her. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, I'm never touching these things by proxy." It didn't even <laughs> happen to me, but I was so pissed for her. I said, well, I'm never touching these games again. Fuck a Konami game. <laughs> I like how that's become your catchphrase these past uh these past couple weeks. <laughs> Fuck a noun. Fuck fucking noun, right. Um the worst the worst that ever happened to me was when I had World Series ninety five on the Sega Genesis and I was playing a full hundred and sixty two game season mm-hmm. with the Orioles. Mm-hmm. And I got to early September and the save file just disappeared. So I had put in about 125 games of that season mm, and nope. then just gone, gone without a trace. Nope. I so, can't touch, I can't touch a Gran Turismo. And, that's and, it's fair. And that was my sister's fault. She erased it. Right. Being so like, like, like Nintendo's got to figure this out. Yeah, they do. They've got to figure this out. They've, they've got an SD card in the console. It should not be a problem to be able to copy stuff over. Like, like it's a problem that when you when you put the SD when you put a new SD card in your console, it formats straight away. Yeah, it's not good. No, it's not good. You got to get that fixed. Uh, the next Star Wars Battlefront game will be entitled. Are you ready? Oh, Star Wars. oh, this, they're, they're, you're gonna throw a curveball here? Um, did I miss? Uh, did I miss a story? No, you didn't. You're good. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat for this uh, hotly anticipated title. Oh, for this new Star Wars Battlefront game. Oh, what's it gonna be? Get ready. It's, it's the most unique name for a Star Wars Battlefront game that I've ever seen in my entire life. It's gonna be called Star Wars Battlefront Two. Oh, it's an inspired choice. Yeah, yeah. But whereas I would have gone for a Roman numeral two, they went with the lesser, more trivial Star Wars Battlefront number two. Well, I mean, Titanfall has a numerical two at the end of his name as well, so they just have to keep the uh, the hashtag brand consistent ah. for EA. So, oh no, maybe I'm wrong because I'm looking at official artwork for the logo of star wars battlefront 2 and they are using roman numerals. ah so it's the news article it's Who's the news it article that's lazy it's just one extra keystroke <laughs> that's it <laughs> i don't know it's te- it's technically more than that because you do have to hold down the shift key oh man while you type that i so it, it takes more brain power to, <laughs> to it does roman it does two. are you um are are you do, does this does this blip your radar at all do you care are you nah. excited? Are you not? I'm not either. I, I didn't really get into the first one. Um, just didn't do anything for me. I, I'm sure there. I'm sure there are a lot of people that are excited. It looked pretty, mm-hmm. but um, 
Nah, it just didn't. Uh, it didn't do anything for me. I'd I'd much rather have. I don't want Battlefield Star Wars. I want uh, I want a Star Wars story based game. That was the biggest critique of the first game. Do you think that they'll have some sort of a campaign to answer those uh, criticisms? Um, if they do, I I think it would be uh, I think it would be a measly three to five hours long. It it would probably be tacked on. Mm-hmm. And um, no, it doesn't seem, uh, and it, it probably wouldn't be good. It, I, I the last, um, the last dice game that I thought would have interesting story. An interesting story was uh, Battlefield Hardline, mm-hmm. and because uh, I like the premise, right? Like you're you're playing cops, but you know it, it's in like L.A. or Miami or something like that. And you're not exactly the goody good cops, you know. You're the you're the asshole cops who um, do bad things uh, for what they deem the greater good. And i I thought it would I thought it would grab me, but it it just didn't. Mm. And um, so if and that's and that's the bar that I have for those now. So it's not. Um, and plus, they're not known for this stuff. They're known for big epic you know, battles that you can actually feel like you're a part of, you know what I mean? Like this right. doesn't, and that just doesn't do it for me. I, I, I want, I want strict corridor based, uh, carnival game style, um, call of duty esque well, popping this, out of enemies. This is why you continue back. to buy call, call of duty every single year. No, this is why I continue to play Call of Duty. Ah, oh, that's it. Or or have a friend that gets it to you for free. So. Yeah, I ain't, I ain't buying them things anymore, man. I, <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> I just can't. Well, for, for, fortunate, fortunately, you know a guy that's yeah, able to get you. I know a guy. <laughs> complimentary copy. So, <laughs> guy's an asshole though. And guess what? I don't even know if I want the complimentary copy because they're going back to World War Two. There you go. Pause. Rumored, rumored to be going back to World War II. Rumored. If they do, I'm telling you, they better let you be the Axis. <laughs> so I don't. I don't think that different. game would sell very well. So, mm. well, oh, I mean, yeah, political climate, current, current political times, maybe. Yeah, man, maybe that, that website that we uh, talked about a couple of uh, <laughs> a couple of shows ago. I'm sure they would get it. They probably would. You're right. <laughs> I just want to wear a Nazi uniform. I think I think they look cool. You know, if they didn't have all that, uh, they didn't have all that uh, baggage associated with it. Like black uniforms look cool. Maybe without the swastika, though. I think definitely without the swastika, though. Yeah. yeah <laughs> give give probably. give give you a um. Give you the uniform of the of the whatever the what was it called the party in V for Vendetta. I don't remember what the political party was called. Yeah, that was the evil, the evil party in that movie. Yeah, give me the uniforms that were in Fallout Four. That's what I like. That's my go. type of fascism. You know what I mean? Like, like not. I thought I, th- I thought we established space Jews. fascism. Fas- fascism was your type of fascism. Oh yeah, that's even better. <laughs> that's even better. Like I'll tell you what that call of that that space Call of Duty. Like those dudes had really cool uniforms, and that's the only thing positive about Killzone. They were space Nazis. <laughs> But they had, they looked cool. So, I don't know. Someone's going to get upset that I'm 
talking about Nazis. You're, you're, you're talking about threads, basically. Yeah. yeah. Get out of here. Take a joke. Rocket League developer Psionics tie-in game continues to uh, to be a to be on point. Who wrote this? <laughs> Somebody. This is terrible. All right, Rocket League is getting uh, Fast and Furious DLC, um, Fate of the Furious DLC coming next week um, to uh, coincide with the release of the movie on April fourteenth. Um, you basically can download, uh, I think it's the car that Dominic Toretto uses to go a quarter mile at a time. Uh, <laughs> there's like, there's like six cars that they're adding actually. So, um, that's cool, are, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, if you want to, if you want to ride around in a, in a Dodge and play, uh, and play, you know, car soccer or whatever rocket league is. Um, it even has, uh, snow on the field, uh, just like that scene in the movie where they're being chased by a submarine that is, um, that is coming to get them. And Hey, look, I'm looking at this trailer. I mean, this might be a trailer for Fast and Furious 9. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, you would think that I'd be all about those movies, but I have not watched a single one since the first one. And I know it's a completely different series than it was when it first started. Yeah. But for some reason, I just can't bring myself to uh, to check those out. If you if you ever want to get back into it, start with Fast and Furious. That's the fourth one. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's also when they started just turning it into like an action film, essentially, instead of a racing film. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. But at the same time, like. I don't know if you would get into it because it's it's not like and it's not to say that I think you're too good for a uh, a dumb action movie, but these things are really fucking dumb, man. Like like there's some <laughs> stupid shit going on. Well, here. so so here's the problem, and this might be because just just because Vin Diesel stars in them, and so that so I can't separate in my head. But whenever I see Fast and Furious, all I can think of is Triple X. And I'm not trying to fucking watch Triple X, even though, even though, even though, according to Jay, I allegedly named my son after the main character in Triple X, which is a lie, <laughs> which is a lie. Jay, Jay, Jay is Jay is very slanderous. Yeah, that's. Uh, that, I mean, I wouldn't be. Look, if you punched him in the mouth for that, I mean, no one would fault you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think my knees can bend that far, so I can get down far enough to do that. So. But yeah, so so whenever whenever I look at those fast films, all all I can think of is is this is probably like triple X with more people in it. It's a even, better it's a better triple X, but right? Yeah, even 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 having The Rock is not enough of a draw for me to watch these films. Oh yeah, well if you ain't you know if The Rock can't bring you there. That you ain't watching them. Like there's Fair no enough. point. There's no point in even trying. But um, I love them. They are dumb. Like like it's like it's like <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if if at the end of this thing, mm-hmm. like all these movies were just some five year old playing with his Hot Wheels, right? 
and he just had a really really vivid imagination so it'll be it'll be like the lego movie essentially but just fast but just fast the fast and furious yeah yeah like i want fast and the furious 10 at the end to pull out and it's just a, a just a little kid just ramming cars together and and then like okay timmy it's time to go to bed like okay and then he just goes off and he he it's the room is backlit right by a by a sink by a, a doorway that's lit and everything else in the room is is silhouetted and then he he walks out and then he closed the door and it closes the door on the franchise and then that's just and then finn at the end of it yes i'm sure the fast and furious movies will have fiend at the, <laughs> at, the at the end of them Go to go to Vegas right now and put all your money on that possibility <laughs> happening. The 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 art house uh, the art house fucking darling that is the Fast and Furious <laughs> series. Oh man, you gotta love a movie series that has a uh, pun in the name of the of the film. Right, the, f- the fate of the Furious. Uh, all right, F eight fate Fast and Furious. Okay, all right. <laughs> Get out of here. Um, we'll talk more about this later, but um, uh, at WrestleMania, WrestleMania was sponsored by the weirdest sponsor that I've ever seen sponsor at WrestleMania, Final Fantasy. And not just any Final Fantasy, the, the expansion to the second online version of Final <laughs> Fantasy. <laughs> And um, the New Day uh, were the hosts of WrestleMania, and they came out uh, with Final Fantasy-inspired ring gear. It looked like Kofi was a red mage. I don't know what Xavier was supposed to be. Uh, Bard, apparently. And uh, Well, I guess that makes sense. He had the the trumpet with him. And um, Big E looked like the biggest, scariest, you know, half-naked samurai that I've ever seen. And they also had a, a their their ice cream pop cart was adorned with chocobos and they had Moogle plushies all over the place and it was quite uh, quite a bizarre quite a bizarre look. Um, I'm sure the the weebs that were watching WrestleMania and there is a huge Venn diagram crossover and those two those two uh, marketplaces uh, were very excited <laughs> to see this. Um. I was not excited when uh, when I heard Michael Cole say the words chocobo. And <laughs> just, that's a little too much, man. Like, all right, I get like I get what the new day is doing. I don't need Michael Cole fucking doing his Michael Coleiest to Michael Cole this thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, they're uh, uh, Squeenix is is. Uh, Pimping out their their product again. All right, look, I don't necessarily have a problem with this. Um, if in that new expansion, um, it turns out that like there's a there's a a quest line sponsored by the WWE, mm-hmm. and you had to do this quest line as to, in order to advance the story in the expansion, uh, then yeah, I would have a problem with it. Because it's look, I, I mean, don't put don't put anything past square. Uh, yeah, don't yeah. put anything past square. 
it is it is entirely possible that you will see the new day appearing in whichever world Final Fantasy fourteen takes place in. Oh you you God. would know better than me. So Oh man. i uh Vanna DL, I think is the name. Sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I like Final Fantasy fourteen, man. I just uh and I would continue to play it if I had the time. I just don't have the time, man. And um I don't have the time, and at first I said, well, maybe if it went free, you know, for free, then I would play it, but I, I can't even make that commitment, you know. I, I got into that game before I got into a relationship, and now, you know, I got other priorities and shit to do, so I can't. And and playing an MMO is work, man, especially when you have, like, a, a crew of people that you play it with that mm-hmm. you don't know in real life. Like, it becomes a job. Like, oh, I, yeah. I played one and I hooked up with these people who were on the West Coast. So they always wanted to do shit at 11. Oh, I had the same, I had the same problem. Um, when I played Call of Duty four big time is most of our people lived that on the West Coast. Yeah. So like we were always playing from like, you know, like, like midnight East Coast time to 5 a.m. essentially. Yeah. And yeah, I'm getting too old for that shit. Um, Sad news. Mad Cats has filed for Chapter 7 bankruptcy. Now, for those of you that don't know, you always hear about Chapter 11, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then you're like, well, Kmart filed for Chapter 11, but I still see Kmarts around. It's because Chapter 11 is the bankruptcy that you take when you essentially want to hit the reset button. Mm-hmm. Uh, chapter 7 bankruptcy is when uh, the system don't work anymore. <laughs> and you have to throw it away. Um, so yeah, Mad Cats is filing for the bad bankruptcy, and they are starting to sell off all their ass- assets. And just to just to pay back creditors too, like they're not even selling them to see to try to get the portfolio picked up. Like they are just trying to repay their debts, and then they are going off into that great into that good night. Um, that people go off into. This is a shame, man. Um, for those of you that might be too young, Mad Cats obviously has been around for a very long time. And back in the day, um, they did not have a great reputation, especially in the PS, PS1, PS2 era. Uh, they were known as being one of the worst uh, third-party accessory manufacturers that were out there in the yeah. marketplace. They had a pretty terrible reputation. But enter the PS3 and Xbox 360, and the company actually made a very concerted effort to to turn around their image and turn around their quality, and they did. Um, they they were they they made a complete 180. Um, they really started putting out quality accessories. The the thing that they did that was the most helpful is they entered into partnerships uh, with certain franchises. So like the, the most notable one, the first one was with Street Fighter Street Fighter Four. Um, they were the official maker of their fight pads and fight sticks, and and they were, those were really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mad Cats completely rehabbed their image, became like a model accessory company, and then they made a really poor gamble, basically. And they and they basically not only did the accessories um, for the new Rock Band four, but they even published the game. Um, and I think that's where. So basically, if if Rock Band four was not a big success then it was going to severely harm the company and that's exactly what happened. Yep. Yeah. So they, and, um they they kind of got into the they had this idea a little too late. Mm-hmm. 
and um you know by now the the instrument the plastic instrument craze was i mean it was all but dead right pretty much i mean I like I like remember people buying those things in 2015 well, no, and and they try like they figured. I guess I guess because Activision did the same thing with uh, Guitar Heroes. I guess they figured enough time had passed, and enough demand was there. And I think I think what what fucked this up is that you had uh, Amplitude come back and and have a very successful Kickstarter. So I think both companies looked at looked at that and said, "Hey, maybe the, maybe the marketplace is ready to do this again." Oh no, they're not. Okay, shit. Well. Well, son of a bitch. Right. We made all these instruments. Yeah, because Guitar Hero Live also had a pretty disappointing uh, show. And Guitar Hero, like, we, I talked about Guitar Hero Live on this program uh, when it first came out. It was actually good. Like, like they actually made a good game. But it's just that in 2017, uh, nobody wants to pay that, that amount of money to get instruments that are going to collect dust around your house in four months. Right. And that's exactly what happened here with uh, with Rock Band, and because of that, uh, Mad Cats is no more. So pour one out for those guys. That is an unfortunate end to a company who, uh, you know, you don't often in this in the video game industry, especially when it comes to hardware manufacturing, um, you don't get a lot of chances to make a second impression. Yeah. And they've they they really did like they're probably one of the most successful companies to pull themselves up. Not not that they were never financially successful because even when they were a shitty accessory maker, they were still very profitable. Um, but they but that wasn't enough for them. They wanted to be known for making a quality product, and uh, and they did that. So for them to to now be at this point where they are completely gone is a shame, um, and uh, and a good lesson to. Accessory makers to stay in your fucking lane, guys. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, I you know you have to you have to try though, right? Like you right. have to you have to keep pushing that envelope. Um, and like you said, it was a gamble, man. It was a gamble. It, in my opinion, it was an ill-conceived gamble. Mm-hmm. But um, it was a gamble, and it just didn't pay off. You know, I I have all the respect in the world for that company because, like you said, their stuff was crap, man. Like it it was it was garbage. But and when people when people started buying, like I remember, I remember like during that transitional period, like we started stocking a bunch of Mad Cat stuff when I used to work at Gangsta. Like what the fuck? Who is buying this? <laughs> Who was buying Mad Cat shit? You know, because I'm old enough to remember that shit, man. And um, whereas these young kids, they were buying this stuff because it was it was like it was already up and coming. You know, it was already there. And I'm like, what? But, you know, they I don't know, man. And you hate to see anyone lose their job. So this is uh, this is the American dream right here. Go from nothing. uh, Make your make a make a shitty product. Then you grow up. You're like, oh shit! I gotta turn my life around, and then you start feeling good about yourself, and then hubris kicks in. Right? Yeah, let's do this now, <laughs> and then and then you fucking fail. That's America right there, man. Look at our current political climate. Like, oh, all right, well, we we've we have Bush, and all right, you know, but but we, let's just get through it and. And oh man, look at look at Obama! Oh wow, like yeah, I'm proud to be an American. Where at least I know I'm free. And then then they're like, yeah, 
Now let's try this. Like, oh, <laughs> oh. Now, now America's about to file chapter seven. Um, speaking of chapters, things you won't be able to see via PlayStation Share is different chapters of Persona 5. I'm not good at that shit, man. No. I'm going to no. leave that to you. It's a pretty bad segue. It's a really, really bad segue. <laughs> I, I, talk about staying in your lane. Goodness gracious. <laughs> <laughs> Persona 5 players will have to resort to other means to share photos from the game as developer Atlas has forbidden PlayStation 4 users from capturing screens or using the console's built-in functionality. Um, a rep at Atlas said that, quote, this being a Japanese title with solely a single-player playthrough, uh, story means Japan is very wary about um, sharing and all the sharing capabilities of it. I I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like this. I don't think it should be up to the game makers to police whether or not you can stream their game or make capture the game. Now they're now let me say. Um, their heart is at the right place with this mm-hmm. because they're, the reason they're doing it is because they don't want the experience to be ruined for people online. But yeah, that's, that's up to people to avoid themselves. Right. Right. Like Ultimately, that's... I mean, like, like, I, like that, and that might be their outward facing reason for doing it. I think secretly, a game like this, um, they're worried about it affecting their sales because if you can just watch the story unfold on YouTube, you might not buy the game. I don't think that's a major problem though. I think, I think, I think that's, I think that's a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. Yeah. People, if that makes sense. I know people who will watch a let's play and then based on whether or not the, and they'll know the whole story. And then based on whether or not they'll know, you know, they know, or they'll get to like halfway through the, mm-hmm. through the let's play. Right. And like, content. right. And this might actually have an inverse effect where you actually hurt your sales right. because you don't have that form of free advertisement right? that that provides. Now, that being said, the only place that this is being disabled is on the PlayStation 4 System, like like capture like the built-in capturing system on the PS4. If you have a capture card, or if you've like an Elgato or something like that, you could still stream your gameplay. So what? So again, like what the fuck are they trying to fix by doing this? Well, maybe they think uh, maybe they think that you know most people who do that stuff now mm-hmm. they just use they just hit that share button. They're not gonna yeah, but not, not but not pro like like pro like pro streamers though. Yeah, they don't yeah, do that. They don't use they don't use that. But I figure maybe they are I figure maybe they are like you said, this is their this is their initial foray into this to see what they can get away with. I don't maybe. it just but it just doesn't make sense. Like like what I don't understand the problem they're trying to solve with this. Or I don't understand how doing this solves the problem that they apparently are trying to solve. Right. If that makes sense. Right. Like all all you're doing is inconveniencing a large percentage of your of your user base essentially because that's really what that's really all you're doing at the end of the day. And you know what you're doing like 
if you never brought this up, mm-hmm. no one would no one would care. But now that you brought this up, there are going to be people out there that are going to specifically go out and find whatever means to do it to stream it because you can't challenge people with something like this. I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of it's kind of like on the lowest level. It's kind of like a, a form of censorship, right? Like you can't, um, like you're not, I don't know. I think you're daring people to, to, to do the opposite of what you think you want them to do. Yeah. It's like I said, it just, it's something that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And, and, and personally, if I bought persona, I would be kind of annoyed that I couldn't do it. It's it's one thing if you want to restrict it before the release date of the game. Like, I get that. Like, let's say somebody, because, like, our buddy Amir got his hands on a copy this past weekend. So, like, if you don't want people leaking out story shit before everyone has a chance to play it, okay, I understand that. But if that's just your blanket policy, I don't agree there at all no. whatsoever. No. So. Oh, yeah. I think you're right. So, uh, so shame on you, Atlas. Um you know, having having those features built in is one of the greatest features for me personally of this console generation. So I'd be a little I'd be a little remiss if if a game that I was looking forward to did not allow me to share my experiences in uh, in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. So, well, that is it for the uh, for the game news. Um, before you go, if you're not interested in the wrestling talk, make sure you go to densepixels.com/slash/amazon whenever you make any purchases on amazon.com. Uh, we appreciate that. We get a small percentage of the sale, which helps support the show. Uh, and, of course, don't forget to follow us on our fan book, fan group, densepixels.com slash fans. Uh, leave a five-star review on iTunes, which we will read on air if you do so. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at DensePixels. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music. Follow us on Twitch, uh, DensePixelsBrad for me, DenseBlackNerd for Micah, Apparition410 for Terrence, and Carry for Carrie. So uh, if you have no interest in hearing us talk about WrestleMania, this is the time to log off. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Uh, but for those of you that are sticking around, and I would imagine that's probably most of you, uh, stick, stay tuned for Pixel Mania 3. So, um, can I can I do the uh, can I do the Vince McMahon? Because this is Pixelmania three. Sure, this is the third one, so I can I can go. Welcome everybody to Pixelmania three. <laughs> In the uh, uh, that's pretty good, man. It's it's not as good as yours, I don't think, but it's uh it was halfway decent. I, I look, I enjoyed it. A halfway decent Pixelmania. Obviously, uh, main reference. Yeah, man, WrestleMania was this past weekend. The the show of shows. Um, and look, this is this. So, like, I liken WrestleMania to E3. This is like I wasn't really pumped going into WrestleMania this year um, because the builds for the different feuds they had going on were not the greatest that they've been in years past. But man, all of that went away as soon as the event started. And and much like I do every year, I was completely invested uh in the majority of the matches that they showed at this year's WrestleMania. Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same way. I I you know, I'm I'm always cynical, you know, leading up to it. And then 
like you see all the stuff and you mm-hmm. see the atmosphere there and it's like fuck like i'm really into this and it's all it's you know too it's as soon as you see especially now because because now wrestlemania is exclusively in these like open air stadiums um so like once you see the set and of course like they they always pull out all the stops for the wrestlemania set you're like all right yes we're yes it, it it is wrestlemania yeah, this weekend, and of course, like you know, it's not, and it's not just WrestleMania the event anymore. Like now, it's the entire weekend because you got the Hall of Fame on Friday, um, which I watched, and especially for me, because um, DDP got in, and DDP was like the first wrestler who was like my guy yeah. when I started watching wrestling. So that was a that was a big deal for me to see him get in. Of course, he talked for forty five minutes during his <laughs> induction induction speech. Um, Kurt Angle. Finally coming back to the WWE after, can you believe it's almost been 10 years since uh, Kurt Angle left the WWE? Wow. Yeah, I know. It's it's unbelievable, too. Um, I mean, they had Jim Cornette back there this weekend because he was inducting the the Rock the uh, rock and Roll Express. And uh, and so Hall of Fame was great. Um, uh, NXT TakeOvers this weekend, which was a good show. Um, so, I mean, such is the bar that NXT has set for themselves that this was just an average NXT TakeOver. Like yeah. it was fine. It was totally fine. Um happy I that Bobby Roode. I haven't caught up with uh with that yet. I'm going to uh I'm gonna watch that uh I already know everything that happened, but I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out uh later on this week. Cool. But uh but then we get to WrestleMania. Um we're gonna talk a little bit about the pre show because they did have a couple significant matches on there. Look, the only the biggest critique that I have for WrestleMania now, it's and we we talked about it last year too. It's just too damn long Yo. right now. Like I, I was, I was on my couch watching wrestling for seven consecutive hours yesterday. That is, that is a work day, right? It's damn near. <laughs> it's damn near. Damn near a work day. That's it, a, it, that is a lot of work. It's a lot of wrestling. It is, man. It's a lot, and for and and look the the pre show like. Correct me if I'm if I'm misremembering, but the pre-show, like every like butts were in the seats, man. Oh no, like, yeah, not- that, that that was something I noticed as well. I even made a note of it here that there was actually a huge crowd for the pre-show yeah. because they knew some of the matches that were going to be happening, and they were matches that the that the smart crowd um, that usually go to WrestleMania wanted to see. And for the crowd to be as into it throughout the night as they were was pretty amazing to me. I mean, they well, lost steam. Uh, oh, know, big time! And that's and that's time. and that's where and the, see that's why the, that's why I have the problem with the length of the event. And I get why it is so long because they want to get as many people featured as they possibly can. But you can't do that without expecting the crowd to peter out because it's a long time to be fucking cheering for 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 a live event. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's a long damn time. So I think I think they would do well to maybe may, like maybe you have a smaller event. On Saturday or something to just to get those guys featured, but not make it part of the main show. I don't know what you do to fix that problem, or you just say, you know what, guys, sorry, like like you're just not going to make the card. Yeah, this man. Year. Like I understand, like I understand the point of the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal is to get everyone involved in WrestleMania at in some way, shape, or form, and usually those things aren't you know lengthy, but. Like you, you, there, there's a lot of fat that needs to be trimmed. 
mm-hmm. from uh, from this entire evening. You can do. You can have. You already have takeover on Saturday. Maybe you. Maybe maybe takeover is um, a little earlier, and then you and then you feature uh, some of these matches later on in the. You know, later on on Saturday. I don't know, man, but it's entirely too long. Seven hours. Quite frankly, uh, five hours for the main event is is too long. For you know, the main attraction is too long. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I, you know what else is too long? Uh, that ramp. <laughs> you see, I love the long ramp though. I, look, I fucking I, love it. It looks so. It looks so grandiose. I I look. I love. A good long wrestling ramp, right? I don't need it to be a quarter of a mile. Long. <laughs> like when when they, they when, said it was eighty yards, eighty, 80 yards. yards. Yeah, that's that's a, that's that's pretty long, man. It's two hundred forty feet. And I love I love wrestling entrances, right? You shouldn't be winded walking down that thing. Thank thank God, the Ultimate Warrior. Is no longer with us because if he if he had been made to enter that WrestleMania on that ramp, like he would have had a heart attack before he even got down to the ring. Right, like he would have made it like 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 four fists. And 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 I'm not trying to be crass because that's that is how the Ultimate Warrior passed away. I'm not trying to not trying to uh, to be crass that, but like he he would have he would have died. Right. Because because he because that man gassed himself running from the stage to the ring on Monday Night Raw. Right. So so surely. That that can't happen at uh, at WrestleMania on that big long ramp. Um, we come to you from the camping area stadium in in Orlando, Florida. It used to be called just call the fucking Citrus Bowl for Christ's sake. I don't care what corporate sponsor um, managed to put their name on it, but yeah, we're we're at the Citrus Bowl, uh, the same site as WrestleMania twenty four, uh, and that that would factor in a little bit later in the show, or at least at least it did from my perspective. Um, but yeah, so let's get we'll we'll kind of we'll breeze through the pre-show a little bit, even though there's some good matches here. Um, they started off with Austin Aries versus Neville um, for the cruiserweight championship. This is a good choice to get the crowd into it right away. Mm-hmm. Um, they they committed the cardinal sin, which I fucking hate, where they had a commercial um, during the match <laughs> during WrestleMania. Like yep. I get I get that this part of it was free was free TV, but uh, but come on, guys. Yeah, it's a little, it's it's a little much, um, but this match was this match was great. Oh, it was very good. This this was probably technically the best match on the card. Like if you just look at it from an objective, like the way it was worked mm-hmm. standpoint. Um, I I really like Austin Aries. I'm not a big um, I'm not I was never a big TNA or Ring of Honor guy, so I don't I didn't know much about a lot of these guys that they've been getting recently. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy that I really hope doesn't get stuck in the cruiserweight division because he does he does all the little things. Really well, like he's he's a guy like a Kevin Owens who who does the little in ring stuff that a lot of guys don't uh, don't do really excellently. Yeah, I think um, this is a high flying match. Uh, the two kind of went back and forth. Um, there came a point where Neville did that um, that like jerk lift German suplex that he does, and Austin Aries landed on his neck really badly with yeah, that looking, one. I thought that looked pretty bad. I'm looking at a gif of it now and mm-hmm. it's just it's it's one second of pure like agony. Right. Right. <laughs> so that, that was a pretty bad one. Um Aries would come back from that. He would hit a super Frankensteiner, a move that I I love to see cuz it doesn't happen too frequently. I'd say Frankensteiner from the for with both guys standing on the top rope. Yeah. 
Um, he would follow it up with a 450 splash, but that was not enough to get the pin. Um, he eventually put Neville in the in his submission, the last chance arena, a submission move that I like quite a bit, actually. Uh, but Neville uh, was able to get out of it with a blatant eye gouge. Um, and Austin Aries is coming back from having a broken orbital socket, so that was a uh, bit of continuity there, which I always appreciate. And then Neville would go up, he would hit the red arrow, uh, which is now becoming a rare sight for him because he is now a heel, so he doesn't like to use the crowd-pleasing move. Um, but when he has to put a guy away... That's what he goes with. Um, he wins one, two, three. And look, the right guy won this match. Um, I'm going to look forward to seeing this match two more times on pay-per-view because you know you're going to. Yep. And uh, they will get smiled out of this feud. And I will enjoy every second because I really enjoyed watching these two do their thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm really digging uh, heel Neville. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, you know, he, he basically I, I really like him because... He's got facial hair, and he needs as much hair as he can to cover up cover up that weird shaped head of his. <laughs> yeah, he's. He, I I like. I do like him much better as a heel because as a babyface, he doesn't really do anything for me. Yeah, he wasn't whatsoever. Really, he wasn't really. Uh, he wasn't really doing anything. We have to. I'll have to ask Andy, uh, co-host of the Look Forward Political Podcast, uh, if his son is still. A little mini mark for Neville because um, <laughs> he he had sent a video of uh, of of his son like mimicking, and his son's an infant, right? Like mm-hmm. or not an infant? You know, he's like he's not a toddler yet, I don't think. And he was uh, mimicking Neville, and he sent it to Neville, and this was back when Neville was a face. And Neville replied like, "Hey, look at you know little man, like he's he's a big Neville fan," and and it was it was cool. So we'll have to check in. On Andy's son to see if he if he uh, enjoys heel Neville as much as he enjoyed face Neville. I'm also excited that when they turned Neville heel, they also did give him heel entrance music, um, which which doesn't always happen, but I always appreciate it when they do it. Oh, I love when they when they change uh, entrance music because it's like very, and I love it when it's similar, but like it's in like a lower octave, right? Right, or they're, they're add like some really like 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 fucked up guitars that's yeah sort of they'll thing, add guitars to... to it because guitars are devil's music <laughs> <laughs> so uh so that was the opening match a good one to start with um up next we had the andre the giant memorial battle royal um and look they they got me they got me because normally i hate when uh when they give featured entrances to only a couple of the participants in a battle royal because usually those are the guys that are going to be in there towards the end but they uh but they they swerved us Micah they they actually got Big Show and Braun Strowman out who were the two favorites relatively early yeah in the match um Braun Strowman threw out the Big Show pretty early on and then Braun Strowman got eliminated by everyone else in the ring essentially who yeah. threw him out simultaneously almost immediately right Right, pretty much right after, yeah, for sure. Well, because once Big Show was gone, like Braun Strowman was the obvious number one threat, and so everyone put their differences aside for five seconds to uh, <laughs> to ensure that he would not win. Um, kind of weird. I gotta I gotta say, a little weird seeing Sami Zayn and Dolph Ziggler in this match. Um, just because they haven't been on, you know, stuck in in pre show purgatory. Yeah, for a while, these guys. Um, so. Of course, it's a battle royal. Lots of shit happens. Um, I immediately did notice Mojo Rawley because he was wearing some very sweet Maryland theme ring gear, <laughs> which I, of course, appreciate because Maryland does have the finest of the state flags uh, in our nation. It, it, 
Mm. Mm. You don't mm. like the Maryland flag? I'm not a fan of the Maryland mm. flag. It's See, just, I, it's I love it because of place. how unique it is. Yeah, and I and like I get that, right? Like I get that it people love it because it because it looks like a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> but I, I'm just not a fan. I can appreciate it. I can appreciate the Maryland flag. I'm just not a huge fan of it. Well, that is a bunch of nonsense. Um, Black so, and gold and red and white and and uh, uh, all right, all right, get out of here. So our final four um, for this battle royal was Sami Zayn, Mojo Rawley, uh, Killian Dane from NXT, um, who Vince you know saw put in a good performance as a big guy during Takeover, and of course had to get him up on the main roster immediately <laughs> just to feature him. I, I, I called that a mile away, and uh, and Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal, of all people. Right. Um, so Sami Zayn gets tossed out relatively quickly by Killian Dane. So then we get a little spot later where Dane is Dane is kind of out of it. And I think somehow Jinder Mahal, or no, I'm sorry, Jinder Mahal threw Mojo Raleigh through the middle rope. So so and he and he chased him outside of the ring. So neither guy is eliminated. Well, at ringside, um, Ultimate bro, Rob Gronkowski of the New England Patriots and best friend of Mojo Raleigh um, was there cheering him on. So Jinder, of course, being the good heel that he is, walks over to Gronkowski, steals his beer, drinks some of it, and then throws the rest at him, essentially. Gronkowski cannot allow this to pass, so he starts to climb the railing. Now, of course, security comes over to stop this from happening until the referees in the Battle Royal come over and talk security into letting him into the ring. Yo, I think that security just didn't know what the fuck was happening. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like she was straight up just trying to do her job. <laughs> just like, no, no, you can't go in, you can't go in. And and the refs were like, no, no, lady, come on, let him, let him in, lady. Let so in. so Gronkowski comes in the ring. He, he of course because he's a football player does the three point stance and uh. and shoulder blocks. Jinder Mahal, which which popped the crowd. I'm really not looking forward to the Rob Gronkowski Mojo Raleigh tag team match that's now inevitable for SummerSlam. Yo, let me tell you something, <laughs> Cam. Uh, look, I know, I know, like this is your team, right? And I try not to be. I let everybody else just kind of have fun with you. You know what I mean? I try not to be that asshole to you, you know. But um, man, fuck the Patriots, yo. Like for real, <laughs> <laughs> like fuck them, yo. Every single one of them. I hate them all. I just don't like them. I respect them. Well, some of them. And I don't like them. And and Rob Gronkowski is the personification of why I don't like the Patriots. He is a a bro dog, decent a decent looking bro dog who can't who who can't rub uh two thoughts together to to think of something intelligent to say and he doesn't need to because bro he can hit people bro he well actually with, ball, with his bro. case he can catch a ball real good he can catch and, a ball, and run real bro. fast and he can and he can show to check uh, a wrestler bro right bro so hype, bro so, so you got your you got your Gronkowski spot um which I'm sure will get play on Sports Center which is why they did it yeah. um so Mojarali tosses out Killian Dean so meaning that Jinder Mahal Jinder Mahal in 2017 came within a a cunt hair, as Michael would say, of winning the Andre the Giant <laughs> Battle Royal. Um, eventually, Mojarali tosses Jinder over the top rope, and then they fight on the apron. Eventually, uh, he knocks him off. So Mojarali is your uh, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal winner. Bit of a surprise, I think. 
Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting that Final Four. No, definitely not for sure. Um, I guess that means that they have some plans for for Mojo Raleigh. So buckle up, everybody, for the uh, for the Mojo era because he looks to probably be a Intercontinental Champion at some point soon. Yo, uh, Mojo, I just mm, I can't I can't look at that guy's name Mojo and not think Mojo Jojo, that monkey from um, the Powerpuff Girl. Like, <laughs> that's just all I think of now. I I don't blame you. So uh, the last pre-show match, a, a surprising match to end up on the uh, the pre-show, uh, Baron Corbin wrestling Dean Ambrose for Dean Ambrose's Intercontinental Championship. Um, Baron Corbin's a guy. So when they called him up last year, he he of course won the Andre the Giant Battle Royal last year in his first match. And then they kept him on the main roster. I thought it was too soon. To, to bring him up. And I was right, because he, he was not ready. But he's actually come a long way in a year, I think. Um, he's put a lot of work in, much better in the ring than he was, much better on the mic than he was. But he still he still lacks that special something to to get him to connect with the fans, I think. Yeah, I, I, I like this dude. I like the look of him. Thank God he put a shirt on, because he couldn't, you know, get rid of that little bit of belly fat that all his dudes have. But um, I think that my biggest fear for him is that he will become the new Randy Orton, mm-hmm. and I don't, I wouldn't want that for uh, his character. You know, like just this, I don't give a fuck attitude. It's not, it's not becoming of heels. There are way too many heels that know exactly what a heel should be for the I don't give a fuck heel. AKA the Terrence heel to, to exist nowadays. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that, I think that that's okay to, that's an okay attitude to have. If you were a world beater, like, like you can, like you can be Roman reigns and have that, like my shit don't stink attitude. Mm-hmm. And it's fine because you're going to kick the shit out of everybody. Right. But Baron Corbin doesn't win enough yeah. to do that. So, and and case in point, so so this match was your standard um, Dean Ambrose match. Now they did do some smart stuff where Corbin kind of showed how 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 well he'd scouted. So like Dean Ambrose did his thing where where you know he he falls into the ropes and then bounces back with a clothesline, but Corbin Corbin kicked him in the face um, before he could get out. So basically, he had Ambrose very well scouted, um, but eventually. And this is kind of the character they built for Baron Corbin. He got too cocky. Like he had the upper hand and, and he just, and he started talking too much trash. He pulled a Kevin Owens essentially. He started talking too much trash and, uh, and he went for the end of days. But Dean Ambrose flipped over, uh, reversed it, kicked him for the dirty deeds. One, two, three. Um, there's a lot of consternation because the, the, the thought process is if you're going to build up Baron Corbin as, as an, as a big guy, this is, you kind of want him to win this championship in this moment. And I think if this had been on the main show, you'd have seen it happen. Yeah. Um, I was about to say that. Like you don't, you don't, the intercontinental title, I think is a little too important to have, you know, a a, a title change on a pre-show of a WrestleMania. And, you know, I mean, people were there, right? But it's not the same. It's not the same. And and, and, and I, and I said, don't, I said, don't be surprised to see a rematch on SmackDown this week, and yeah. don't be surprised if the result is is different this week. So, 
I, I could see that easily happening. So that was your pre-show, pretty solid. Um, we we get to the main show with the longest WrestleMania intro video that's ever been made, like fucking seven minutes, no bullshit. Um, and we and we start off with uh, with a match that I was kind of surprised to see early, but then it made immediate sense to me um, why they put it this early. And that was AJ Styles uh, versus Shane McMahon. Now the build to this match was that. AJ Styles is the greatest wrestler in the world, according to him at least. And Shane McMahon is known for being a spot monkey. But AJ Styles even said, like, said in the lead of the match, like, Shane McMahon, you're going to find yourself in a match that you've never been in before. A wrestling match. <laughs> where if you go outside the ring for 10 seconds, you get counted out. And if you decide to use a foreign object, you get disqualified. So you're going to have to out-wrestle me in order to beat me. And there's no way... That you can do that. <clears throat> now, you got a good sequence to start the match here where AJ mocks Shane McMahon's taunt, which was which was great. And then later, and then a few minutes later, Shane tosses AJ out of the ring and he does the phenomenal, you know, the phenomenal taunt yeah. to AJ Styles. So I like yeah. that. I always like when guys steal their shit. Um Shane Shane did a decent job of trying to be a good wrestler in this match. Um, but AJ Styles definitely was carrying him a little bit in terms of the match. And, and, it, and it actually speaks to Styles' credit um, and speaks to his ability as a wrestler that he was able to make Shane McMahon look very good um, in this match. This um, this was a very fun match. Um, I wasn't... Uh, I had forgotten about the uh, I'm going to wrestle you stipulation. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, you know, I saw... Fucking trash cans coming in, Shane going coast to coast, and uh, like all the all the stuff that I expected, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was fun, man. It, it was, and like you said, AJ was able to make Shane look good, and that's what uh, that's what professional performers do, right? Like they mm-hmm. they want to put on a good performance, they make each other look good, and and this is why we watch these wrestling matches. And it's this was a very fun match. I was ex- I wasn't expecting much out of this, and boy was I surprised! Right, and and it, and it had the crowd engaged immediately. Um, I saw a lot of cool stuff that I wasn't expecting to see in this match. Like 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 AJ went for his springboard four fifty, and Shane countered that with something I've never seen before. Into a, like he opened his legs, and basically as Styles landed, he put him into a triangle chokehold. Yeah, essentially, man. which was really good. It was really good, but then you know Shane telegraphed it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But because uh, I was like, "Wait, what? Huh?" What? I mean, but you, but you can but telegraph you, it because because he he did it after Styles had already like hit the rope, essentially. Like like he was springboarding off, and at that point, you're committed. Right, right. You know what I mean? So that and makes I, sense. And look, I get it. Right, like I I understand. It just it just threw me for a loop because I was like, "Wait, what what's about to happen here?" And then all of a sudden, like you see it play out in real time, and it's just like, oh shit, man! Like, like this was really like this was a really really fun match, man. I right. I, I really liked it. And but and, then but not not be done. Like Styles manages not only to not surrender to the triangle choke, but manages to pick Shane up while he's in the hold and turn it into you know kind of a Styles clash, yeah, as well, which uh, which got him a two count. Now they were they were both in the corner. Um, referee comes over to get them out of the corner. AJ accidentally kicks the referee in the face. Um, the referee is down. So now, now the shenanigans can come into play. Um, where Shane 
basically so so AJ's like, all right, I've got this in hand. The referee's out. I'm gonna do not not only am I out wrestling Shane McMahon, I'm gonna do Shane McMahon better than Shane McMahon can. So he gets the he gets the trash cans out from under the ring. He props up Shane in the corner and he sets up for the coast to coast. Now I thought they were gonna let him do it. Yeah. Um but while he's in midair, Shane springs up and decks AJ with the trash can as he's flying across the ring. And then Shane said, well, now I got to do this shit. So he puts AJ in the corner. He hits the coast to coast because, of course, he is. I, I still can't believe that at fucking 40, you know, what, 46 years old yeah. or however old Shane McMahon is, that he can still fly across the ring like that. Like an old ass Shane McMahon still doing it, man. Still getting it done. Yep, and AJ Styles kicks out at two and seven eighths, <laughs> as 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 it's like to be said. Um, a, a very close near fall. Um, Shane then throws him outside the ring, gets him set up for the announce table elbow drop. Um, but as he's flying through the air, AJ moves out of the way. Shane eats the table for the second year in a row. Um, at WrestleMania, and then uh, but not to, not to be done. Uh, Styles throws him back in the ring, sets him up for the phenomenal forearm. Which Shane managed to turn into a tornado DDT, catching him in midair and wheeling around, hitting him with it. And then Shane McMahon goes up to the top rope and, and executes a shooting star press. Oh my god, man! <laughs> I I couldn't I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And right. then like, and I wanted him to hit it, man. I wanted him to hit it so bad, and instead his knees hit it. <laughs> and by it, I mean the canvas. Like right, he 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 ate the mat because AJ moved. <laughs> Finally, AJ Styles sets up again for the forearm. This time he gets it. One, two, three. AJ Styles is your winner, as we all expected. But again, a much better match than uh, it had any right to be. Yeah, man, <laughs> it was good, for sure. Man. It was for good. sure. And look, and and again, like there there was a lot of uh, a lot of hemming and hawing from me included about AJ Ma- AJ Styles deserving a better match on the card. Look, man, like that's that just goes to show you these guys know what they're doing. Yep, <laughs> they know what they're. We 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 need to stop doubting them because they they seem to come through in the end. Oh man! Uh, so the next match, I was mysteriously absent um, from my television <laughs> for this next contest. I love how committed you are, dude. Like you won't say a goddamn I won't. thing. <laughs> I won't. I, I got. I got to keep the. Uh, I got to keep kayfabe alive, Micah. You're you're way too busy being one of the best wrestlers I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, you know what? I did go back and watch this match after the fact, so that I could at least talk about it on the show. Um, this is where uh, Kevin Owens wrestling former best friend or never best friend, according to Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho, for the United States Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Jericho got his cla- the classic countdown entrance. Here for WrestleMania. Yeah. There's also an inflatable giant list of Jericho on the stage, and he had a light up scarf I mean, as he went down to the ring. I mean, that scarf. That scarf is the business, man. <laughs> a fantastic, uh, a fast, a fantastic entrance for Y2J. Um, they, they booked this match the right way. Jericho went for the walls immediately. Um, of course, he didn't get the early submission, but he's taking it right to Kevin Owens. Um, basically, both guys attempted their signature moves early on, but both, but essentially, this this match had a lot of counters in it because it was it was shown to illustrate how well these two knew each other that that they can't sneak anything by one another. Yeah, yeah. This um, 
this uh, this match was another fun match. Like, I, I mean, I knew it would be right, but I I love watching Kevin Owens wrestle. Kevin Owens is one of those wrestlers, and there's a there's a few of them here that I'll spotlight. But Kevin Owens is so aware of what he is in relation to professional wrestling. Like he, he, he is committed in his, in his character and in his role. And he knows, he knows this character inside and out to the point where sometimes I have to wonder, is it a gimmick with him? You know (laughs) what I mean? Like, is he like, the way that he's like he's like the Muhammad Ali of professional wrestling to me, and that it's pretty accurate. Yeah, man, like he's able to he's able to. I believe that he thinks he's the greatest, and and he can get into he can get into the head of people without like and 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 his troll game is just on point. Like and and he knows how to get a reaction from the crowd and he knows what reaction that he wants to get. Mm. I, I mean, look when he, when he was in that submission hold or it was either submission or pin, I can't remember. And, and he broke it by putting one finger on yeah, the that bottom. Was, that of, was later in the match. So. I mean, I died. La- I was, I had, I had giggle fits, man. <laughs> I was laughing about that for like five, 10 minutes because, because he like, it's, this match was fucking great. Yeah, it was a damn good one. Um, you also got to see some cool shit. So, ba- so Jericho goes for Hurricane Rana. Owens himself reverses it into a walls of Jericho of his own. So he's going to try to make Chris Jericho tap out to his to his own submission. The only problem, of course, with this is is according to wrestling logic, Chris Jericho knows every counter to the walls of Jericho because it's his maneuver. So of right. course, he, of course, he is able to get out of the hold. Um, but he's not. But he's not quite up. He finds himself in the corner. So Ke- Kevin Owens, of course, sees sees Jericho down in the corner. He's going to go for his cannonball. But Jericho. Somehow, like like as as the cannonball's coming, he gets up, he catches Kevin Owens' legs and drags him into the middle of the ring and puts on his own walls of Jericho. <laughs> never never seen a counter to that move, and especially that counter. Um, very cool stuff. I liked it. Owens crawls the ropes, he escapes. Um, he would get a pop-up power bomb here. Um and only a two count in for the pop up power bomb. He went for a second one, but of course you could see this coming. Uh, Jericho, after being popped up in the air, reverses into a code breaker. Uh, but Kevin Owens, this is where he escapes by putting his a single finger on the bottom rope to break the uh, to break the pinfall attempt. Um, eventually, Jericho gets his gets his uh, gets his Owens rolls outside the ring. Jericho eventually gets his knee wrapped around the bottom rope. And Owens super kicks the rope to uh, to damage Jericho's knee, k- takes him outside, delivers the apron power bomb, and you know that it's done after that move because nobody's going to get up from the apron power bomb. One, two, three. Kevin Owens is your winner and your new United States heavyweight champion. Uh, bringing the bringing the belt as as people said in the Monday Night Fall chat, bringing it back to Dense Pixels. There you go. Where it belongs. Where it belongs. Where it belongs. And, and look, even I was happy that even Jay could find his way down to Orlando to referee the match. No collusion there. I can <laughs> promise you. 
He called it down the middle. I thought he did a great job, as I would expect Jay to do. That guy does look like Jay. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Kevin Kevin Owens is the U.S. champ. I look forward to uh, seeing whatever feud uh, they come up with for him. I I would love to see him and Samoa Joe in like a like a two man power trip sort of a uh, sort of stable with Triple H pulling the strings that'd yeah. be kind of neat that'd so be, we might really see it cool. we'll see uh moving on uh we have another match another championship match this is the women's fatal four way elimination match Bailey defends her raw women's championship against Charlotte Fa- Charlotte Flair Sasha Banks and Nia Jax um I would have much rather seen Bailey versus Charlotte I understand why they put the other women in the match. They eventually did make it barely Bailey versus Charlotte for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Um pretty quickly here. Uh Nia Jax, of course, was the was the monster in the early going. Um they I think they've a lot of course they have a lot of big things planned for her uh down the road. Um because the other three had to actually team up to work together because they realized that they didn't that Nia Jax was probably going to run roughshod over all of them. So basically they team up with they team up on her um, they would hit her with a really cool, like, like big boot suplex combination um, working together, which was fun. Yeah. And then they would take her out of the match by hitting her with the with the shield power bomb out of the corner. And then all three women covered her for the uh, for the pin so that she was eliminated in rather short order. Um, they made her look strong, though, man. Well, then that's the point. Like, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that she's the next feud for Bailey. Um, I would think, and that'll give her a nice, uh, a nice mountain to have to try to overcome. Which I don't think she will. I think they will give the title to Nia at some point here. Yeah, for sure. Um, now Charlotte, after this, invites Sasha and and Bailey, who are the baby faces, to to go at it, and she leaves the ring, and they're dumb enough to do it. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Like, like, like you guys are supposed to like in the story, like you're supposed to be best friends. I would think that they would have ran out of the ring and dragged her back in and pounded on her a little bit. Um, but no, they go at each other. Uh, Charlotte eventually gets them both on the outside. She nails a beautiful corkscrew moonsault I mean, uh, it, from the it, top it, rope it, to the floor. It was a thing of beauty because Charlotte is very tall. Like Charlotte, I mean, I hate to say tall for a woman, but she's tall for a woman. Mm-hmm. She's like 5'10", 5'11", something like that. And and she's all legs, right? So to see this big ass, to see this big, like it doesn't seem like it should happen. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't seem like she should be able to do something like that, but she does. Charlotte is another one of those like Kevin Owens who I think is so very aware of what her character is. And she's got the athletic ability. She's got the mic skills. Uh, she's got the look like uh, everything about this Charlotte Flair character. Uh, I, I absolutely love. And, and, and the problem is that when she's going up against the likes of Sasha and Bailey, who are, who look like, you know, they're a foot shorter than her mm-hmm. and 50 pounds lighter. It, it's a little hard for me to believe that, um, that these women are taking out Charlotte just because the way Charlotte has been booked and, and the way Charlotte performs, it's like, I can, I can see Charlotte beating any woman on that roster. Mm -hmm. Well, she, I mean, she, she is the best. Like they are, 
she she is the Ric Flair of the women's division. I mean, that's that's just yeah, the bottom man. line. That's just the bottom line. Um, it's the truth. So eventually, a tur- a tur- the middle turnbuckle gets exposed here, um, and you have Sasha. Sasha and Charlotte going at each other one on one, which is you know of course we've seen that a million times before. It's it's, it's always excellent. Um, she like Sasha Banks is the is the Ricky Steamboat to Charlotte's Ric Flair. <laughs> yeah. at this point in her career, for sure. So you know you're always going to get quality. Um, but eventually Charlotte drives her into the exposed turnbuckle, which of course knocks out Banks and she gets pinned one two three. I think that that it was the right thing for the story. I know the crowd didn't like it. And it kind of deflated them a little bit, and it kind of kind of marred the end of the match. But I that it, it was the right decision to make. Yeah, I you're right. It was the right um, it was the right thing for the story. But I was I was totally with I was totally with I I, I understand it, mm-hmm. and it's not. And I don't. And look, I'm a Charlotte fan. I don't want her to have the belt all the time, though. You know what I right. mean. So, because that doesn't help, that doesn't help either. So I understand the decision, um, but uh, again, like it's just kind of, it's just kind of hard for me to see. Charlotte is so much better than a lot of her competition mm-hmm. that it, it's 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 very difficult for me to believe that that Bailey put on this stellar match and like you said it should have been them one-on-one that mm. would have gone a long way into me believing okay bailey has overcome this uh this feat right but it, it i don't know it, it felt very anticlimactic well the, the end of the match certainly was so once once sasha's gone um charlotte sets up for a moonsault which she uh which she misses she eats the mat um, Bailey herself goes up to the top rope, but ma- Charlotte manages to counter this into a figure four. Um, Bailey's able to get to the rope before too much damage is done. Um, they get stuck. So Bailey's stuck in the, she puts Bailey in the tree of woe. So Bailey's hanging upside down. Charlotte's planning on doing something dastardly while she's on the top rope, but Bailey backdrops her from the top rope while she's still stuck in the tree of woe, which is kind of cool, kind of a neat spot that I've never really seen before. Um, and then she's able to get out of it. She gets to the top rope. She hits the the Macho Man elbow drop uh, from the top rope. And one, two, three. And that was where it kind of got weird. I wasn't expecting that to be the move that ends the match. Yeah. Um, supposedly, and, and you could tell from Bailey's ring gear, um, they were. She was, I guess, trying to pay some homage to Randy Savage. This is the 30th anniversary of the uh, famed Savage Steamboat match. Yeah. From WrestleMania three. But if you're gonna do that, then win it with a small package. Yeah, <laughs> like that, that's that's how to do it. That's how you do it. So so Bailey retains, and we will have to see what happens with her uh, on on Monday Night Raw to see where she goes from there. An okay match, um, definitely not as good as the triple threat from last year, though. I think that's still the gold standard. Yeah, for our I, women's I, matches at WrestleMania. I thought this match was fine. I wasn't uh, I wasn't offended by it. Uh, you know, I thought it was fine. It was it was a nice little. It was a nice little. It was a slight little come down, mm-hmm. but um, but it, you know you're still into it. You know what right. I mean. So the next match um, is the t- Raw Tag Team Championship Ladder Match, Triple Threat Ladder Match. Uh, the Club defending against uh, Sheamus and Cesaro and Enzo and Cass. Um, so these guys make their way out to the ring, 
And right before the match is getting ready to begin, out comes the New Day. Now, I got to admit, I'd heard the scuttlebutt on the yeah, internet beforehand. And, uh, but, but, but the New Day still got me. Because they came out in their gear. Yeah. Like, like, like Big E and Xavier Woods looked like they were ready to wrestle, yeah. essentially. And New Day's like, we're the hosts. So as the hosts, we're adding another tag team to this match. And who could it be? And and I'm thinking, man, fucking like I'm sitting here in my Jesse Ventura, like, oh, abuse of power monsoon. Like, I can't believe they're doing this. <laughs> the sons of bitches. And then all of a sudden, the music hits, and it's the Hardys man. back in the WWE. Let me tell you something, man. I jumped out of my chair because it's like <laughs> it's like, yeah, you heard the rumors, right? But you don't really believe it until you see it. Now, meanwhile, the Hardys, literally the night before, like while NXT Taker was going on, they were in Lakeland, Florida, defending the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships in a ladder match <laughs> against the Young Bucks, <laughs> losing the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships to the Young Bucks. So while, you know, it's the WWE, anything can happen. I was like, man, these guys just wrestled a ladder match. They're doing their thing with Ring of Honor, maybe on Raw. You'll see them come back, but I don't, you know, like I like I thought it was gonna be the new day. I thought for sure it was gonna be the new day, but nope. Matt and Jeff Hardy, the the crowd pops enormously for this. And when we say enormously, like here's the thing. Like Brad said earlier, this isn't an open air stadium. So for and and generally in open air stadiums, like it's it's very weird to to mic everybody up. Mm. You know, because the, the way that you want everyone to be mic'd up, you can definitely hear a difference between an outdoor stadium and an indoor stadium in a wrestling event. I mean, this crowd was it erupted, man. I'll, I'll put it. To, I'll put it to you this way: I this reaction I liken to the reaction at WrestleMania 30 when first The Rock came out at the beginning, like with Hulk Hogan, like Hulk Hogan's out there fucking up which stadium he's in. The Rock comes out, crowd loses their mind, but they're like, you know, it's The Rock, we expect him to be here. And then Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out, <laughs> and they blew the roof off. Like that, like that, that's the level, that's the level of reaction that you got for the Hardys coming back. And look, I normally fucking hate smart crowds, man. I fucking hate smart crowds because smart crowds tend to forget that it's not about them. And they try to go into business for themselves all the time, and it drives me nuts. But this was the one time that I was super glad to have a crowd that knew what was up. Because as soon as these guys hit the ring, you heard the delete chants. <laughs> like crazy. <laughs> like crazy. Oh, man. Um, so this is my favorite type of match. I am a sucker for... A, a good tag team match. Mm -hmm. And when I say a tag team match, I mean like real teams, not just two single guys thrown together. Right. Like, I, because the things that a good tag team can do, it, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like watching, uh, a choreographed fight. Like, it, there's something about it. Uh, you know what I mean? Like a, like a, like a film. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, there's something about, it's something about it that, is awesome. Like I love the, I love the, the idea of hot tags and oh, like it, it builds really, really good drama. 
Mm-hmm. You know, when when your when your partner is getting beat up and and he's desperately trying to make it over, but he can't. And then when he finally gets that hot tag, right? Like it's and then the and then the the dude comes in and he fucking cleans house and he's amped up. Like it's it's really it's really good high drama for and and that's what I like about uh wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. When you add more teams, it's more drama. And then when you add ladders, it's high drama. <laughs> I mean, I've watched this match Quite three literally times. literally high drama. <laughs> yes. I've, I've watched this match three times. This was, my, this was the most fun I had watching this uh, event. Uh, I absolutely loved it, man. These, all four of these teams, like, they, all four of these teams are well-oiled machines as far as I'm concerned. And they each have their own. They're all very different, too. Like, they each have their own Right, and, every, and everybody got their, got their stuff in. Like, you had casts, like, big-booting everyone in sight, yeah. basically, like, taking everyone out. Um, Sheamus and Cesaro had a sequence that I thought was terrific where where Sheamus was doing, like, the beats of the Belfry and, and Cesaro was doing the swing. And they just kept going and going <laughs> and going. Like poor, poor, poor Tex Ferguson. Like, like I don't understand how he would have a chest at this point. Like Sheamus could have killed him. As 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 many shots as he took on his chest am, during man. during that sequence. Um, but yeah, very 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 good. Um, you know, Anderson and Gallows like, like were, were good in the match. They you know they got a match killer. They don't really have a thing, um, but they were just pretty good at beating people up. Um, but eventually, of course, the Hardys got to do got to do their thing. So first, you get Matt Hardy um, hitting a twist of fate off the top of the ladder, off the top of a ladder rather, on Enzo, I believe it was. And uh, and then while that was going on, Jeff Hardy is on the outside climbing up to the top of a fourteen foot ladder <laughs> with Sheamus and Cesaro positioned on ladders draped across the barricade down below him. And of course, he hits a swanton bomb. Uh, through the two of them, and uh, and while while that's going on, Matt Hardy gets back up, climbs up the ladder, grabs the belts, and the Hardys are back, <laughs> and they are the it. new they are the new Raw Tag Team Champions. And look, when they came down to the ring, Michael Cole had a line that was so good that I have to believe that it was an accident because he's Michael Cole. And he's not capable of making a line this good. But he said, when the Hardys came down to the ring, things are about to get broken. <laughs> and and wouldn't you know it, uh, they have deleted all the other tag teams on the, in the Raw division <laughs> and became the, uh, the new Raw tag team champions. I'm really curious to see how much freedom Matt Hardy is given by yeah, creative yeah, now that he's man. back. I like are they gonna are they just gonna be like the team extreme versions of of Matt and Jeff or I mean are they gonna go all out man I I, really hope they go all out yeah man I really hope they do I'm super excited for this man I'm super excited for this I can't wait to uh (laughs) I can't wait to see what they do with this it's like it it was a great it was it was a great surprise that I that I did not know that I wanted but now that they're here uh, I'm looking forward to seeing. And could you could you imagine a program between Broken Matt Hardy and the New Day? Like, could you imagine <laughs> the insanity that would ensue? Oh my god! With oh, those man. two, so fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah, man. 
Um, up next, we have a match that if you had told your 2011 self would be a hotly anticipated WrestleMania match, you would have you would have smacked yourself. <laughs> your your past self would have hit you in the face and called you a liar. Uh, but here we are, John Cena and Nikki Bella teaming up against The Miz and Maurice. <laughs> But you were looking. But you were looking forward to it because the buildup for this match has been tremendous. It's been great, man. Like tremendous. And this is what. And this is what. Like, like this. This unlikely combination of people wrestling with this particular story. It's mm. it's 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 ridiculous. Well, all wrestling is ridiculous. But but the way they build it up. And kudos to the Miz and Maurice, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they, I think they have uh, carried this feud, and it is the Miz again, another one that knows exactly. He knows exactly what his character is and what his character is supposed to do. Well, and and not only that, but he he audibled on the fly. So so it's WrestleMania. We've got a smart crowd. Nobody's going to be cheering for John Cena in this match. Like like right. like you're you're going to have your rendition of John Cena sucks and and everything else. And Miz. Actually using that to his advantage, like he was actually playing to the crowd who was cheering for him during the match. Yeah. Like 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 the like the entire like ringside crowd, like like the people who were paying for the expensive seats were all about the Miz in this match, and he was playing to it, and he actually worked it into the psychology of the match because him and Maurice were both healing it up. And and doing the heel thing, but Miz actually had the upper hand for a good portion of the match. But because he was playing to the crowd and because he was getting super cocky, that's what led to their downfall. Yeah, essentially. And 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 that's that really speaks to 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 Mike Mizanin's ability. Like, look how far that dude has come. I was just about to say the same thing, years. man. <laughs> like, I I I totally see. A uh, a world title run uh, in his future, man. And before you know, he won the world title. Before he wasn't ready, right? And mm-hmm. and and quite frankly, he was he was he was disrespected because of it. Now, man, nah, he he's big time now, man. Right. And and I'm 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 super happy for that dude because like like that's the dude from the real world, right? Who, but he gets who it. just who just but liked wrestling. It. Right, and he and he gets it because he was a fan, and and like and he and it's something he was passionate about, and and, and this is also this is also a case like like the build up in this match was very reality driven, yeah, and and that worked to its advantage so much because like as much as as much as Miz and Maurice got the rag on Cena for being you know a quirky dude, especially on like on Total Divas and whatnot, like John Cena basically like man he's like you're you're just a fucking great value version of the Rock to Miz, or at least that's how you started. <laughs> It, it was just very well done. So, so the Miz, like I said, he's he's in control, but he but he gets too cocky. He goes over to Nikki Bella. First, first he does the Daniel Bryan kicks, of course, which is becoming you know one of his things. But then he goes over to Nikki Bella and he gets and he does the you can't see me in front of Nikki Bella. She slaps him, mm-hmm. and and then Cena backdrops the Miz out of the ring, and he makes the hot tag to Nikki Bella, like John <laughs> Cena making the desperation tag. To Nikki Bella, who comes in, house of fire. She's wailing on Maurice. Um, both Miz and Maurice are outside. Nikki Bella hits a suicide dive, which the Miz ends up eating. 
Um, eventually, they get him back in the ring. You get both uh, both Cena and Nikki doing a five knuckle shuffle in stereo, uh, followed by the TKO and AA in stereo. They get the win, and then uh, as was rumored before the match, John Cena uh, gets down on one knee and proposes to his girlfriend Nikki Bella. She, of course, says yes, and uh, and for, and and you know what? For all you for all you you know wrestling fans with a dick that were out there. <laughs> Get like a, get this shit on a wrestling show, man. Like, like the reaction of the ladies in the audience is the only reason you need to see that why they did that during this show. Yeah, and that's and and again, you got to remember that women watch wrestling too, man, and you got to give them some stuff to keep them coming back. I don't have a problem with him proposing. I have a problem with him dragging that shit. Shut out. up. As as, as, as I told you, as I told you last night, as someone else who also did a public proposal to his his wife, you got no room to talk, brother. I'm just saying, I didn't drag it out. I got up there. (laughs) I got up there. I did what I had to do, and uh, and and everyone was better for it. Well, maybe not. Maybe not John Legend because I fucked up his song, but but. but uh, it was sweet, man. It was sweet. I'm I'm glad the crowd didn't like shit all over it. Right. Like I was fully expecting like a rain of booze to come down. They tried. They tried, but they they were drowned out by all the ladies who were who thought it was, of course, the most romantic thing in the entire world. And you know what? If it's good enough for fucking Macho Man Randy Savage, it's good enough for John Cena. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. With, Get the um, fuck out of here. Now, do you think it was a surprise to her? Um, no, she, she didn't react like she was shocked. Yeah. She didn't react like she was shocked. You know? Now, according, according to John Cena, only two people knew beforehand. Yeah. He and Nikki Bella, apparently. No, 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 <laughs> not, not even, I, I don't think she knew for sure, but I think she suspected. Yeah. Um, the other person that knew was Vince McMahon probably. Oh yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I would imagine. Absolutely. So. And, and look, John Cena's mom was there who we never get to see for Christ's sake. Yeah. That's when so, you, that's when I knew when I saw John Cena's mom, I was like, oh, okay, well, that that's when it clicked for me, right? You know, all the all the you you will never get this, you will never get this, you know, <laughs> ring shit, you know. And then the mom was there, and I'm like, oh, all right, we know so, what's happening now. So that I mean, that like's a nice moment. Um, it was very and, sweet. Yes. So uh, follow that up um, with uh, with Seth Rollins and Triple H and unsanctioned. Uh, match. Of course, Seth Rollins is still kayfabe uh, injured, not cleared to wrestle uh, with a knee injury. So, but Triple H said, "Hey, if you want, if you want to give up your legal your legal stance to uh, to sue us if I end your career, um, we can we can do this." And of course, Seth Rollins more than happy to oblige. Um, I will say this match was not the style of match that I thought it would be. They they actually made this into more of a no DQ wrestling match. Instead of like a fight, like it should have been. I think this should have been like a street fight. Yeah, I think it would have been better served for it. But it, but it was still a good time. Now the problem though is the crowd was very subdued um, because of the two matches that we had seen previous to this, mm-hmm. and they would be subdued until the very end of this match uh, when some unexpected shit went down. Uh, Triple H, of course, gets another Triple H WrestleMania entrance here, uh, riding down to the ring on a trike with Stephanie. This is this is how you know the ramp is too long. There's absolutely no reason for you to have it look cool. There's no reason for the for the ramp to be long enough to support 
a six car police escort <laughs> and your bike and have all of them be on the ramp at the same time. I got to tell you, Triple H is looking more and more like new Kratos every single day here. Yo, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he really is, man. He really is like the bit like he is. It, it's I didn't mind Triple H with the um, with the beard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think beards are cool. His beard is getting real long, though. Right, and gray. Yeah, also. man. It's very gray. <laughs> so, yes, he, he is really starting to look like old 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 man Kratos <laughs> right now, which is hilarious. Um, Seth Rollins apparently wanted to make this into an inferno match with his giant torch that he brought out to ringside and lit the ramp on fire <laughs> to the ring. Neat effect, I guess. Um <laughs> So they're rumbling. They're rumbling. Um, eventually, Rollins tries to pedigree Triple H onto the announce table. Uh, this gets countered into a DDT onto the table that doesn't break. Um, and then finally, Triple H does what Triple H does, and he starts working on the weak point. He starts working on the knee. Um, Rollins would fight back as much as he could here. He try, he tries a buckle bomb, but his knee gives out. Triple H starts laughing at him, so he just picks up Triple H anyway and throws him into the turnbuckle. <laughs> Um, cool little spot there. Um, Rollins would do a plancha from the top rope to the floor, but hurt his knee. And then, uh, then Triple H is using the chair. He, you know, he wraps it around his knee, he's stomping on him. He's doing the stuff that Triple H does. Um, finally, Triple H goes up to the top rope. What are you thinking, Triple H? You're not a <laughs> not a top rope guy. Uh, Rollins throws throws the chair at him. I always like when the chair gets thrown at people. That's always a fun. <laughs> That's always a fun spot because it's always um, it's it's like it's like throwing a gun at Superman, right? Like right, exactly. Like, <laughs> it just looks silly. But uh, but then but then Rollins jumps up. He does his his superplex, rolling into a Falcon Arrow, which is a move I really like, by the way. Yeah. Um. So, but that's only a two count. Um. Rollins gets ready to do a moonsault, uh, but Stephanie knocks him off the top rope, and Triple H puts in a reverse figure four, uh, which Seth Rollins would counter into a, somewhat of a crossbar. Um, so he so he's able to get the upper hand again, um, but this time Triple H throws him on the floor. Um, he puts in the the reverse figure four again. Now this is a no holds barred match, um, so they can do whatever they want. Now Rollins is fighting out. He's trying to get out of this hold. He's looking for anything under the ring that'll help him. But in his haste, he accidentally grabs the sledgehammer and throws it out near Triple H, which Triple H sees, and that's what of course gets him to break the hold because he wants to he wants to use the sledgehammer to ruin Seth Rollins' knee. So they get back in the ring. Rollins is able to avoid the sledgehammer. He actually gets it himself. Um, Stephanie yanks it away from him, though. Triple H pedigrees him, only gets a two count. Um, Rollins fights back. He eventually hits a Phoenix Splash, which is a move we never get to see Seth Rollins hit. Tweaks his knee, though. He's hurt. Um, Then we get a cool sequence where both of them are trying to each get their own pedigree. But because they both use the pedigree... Both of them know every counter to the pedigree. <laughs> so you see them each managing to get out of the other's hold um, at some point. Now, both of them both of them whiff. Rollins backs up towards the ropes, and Stephanie jumps up, and she tries to hold him for Hunter. Now, Hunter runs toward to deck him. He ducks. So you think Triple H about to clock his wife. Now, he holds up. He holds up. He's like, shit, that was close. But then Rollins shoves Hunter into Stephanie, who who then falls through a table that had been set up at ringside, a Chekhov's gun um, that we that we'd all forgotten about, 
And Triple H is incensed that his wife went through the table, but because of the distraction, Rollins is able to spin him around, hit the pedigree, one, two, three, and Seth Rollins uh, defeats Triple H, who is now the uh, the jobber to the stars at WrestleMania, essentially. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he's the one making the matches. He's all right. That's true. He, he did beat Sting. Yeah. He did beat Sting, so. Yeah. There's that. This was an okay match. The crowd, like I so said, the crowd fell asleep until Stephanie went through the table. That woke him up real quick. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this match ended just over three hours into the the regular event, which means they had been sitting there for five hours already. Right. And then, well, and this is where they this is where they started to lose it yep. a little bit. And it, and it would take a couple matches to to come back. Yeah. Also. Yeah. So what what do you think about this one? Uh, I enjoyed it. It it um it it did what I needed it to do. Um. I, I thought it would have been. I thought it would have been a little more brutal, mm-hmm. but um, but I, I the story played out the way it needed to play out, and I'm happy with it. Um, always like seeing, always like seeing Triple H mm-hmm. go at it. You know, I, I'm a big fan of his and um, of what he does inside and outside the ring. Um, I can't imagine he'll be doing a lot of inside the ring stuff. Uh, you know anymore but um yeah there's really no one else for him to have to fight yeah. at this point yeah like i kind of like him i kind of like him being like the new vince mcmahon like just sending out cronies to do something i was surprised samoa joe didn't come out yeah i was kind of surprised not to see him at all um, yeah during wrestlemania that was a bit of a shock yeah but um but no i i, I dug it man i dug it and um Steph got to take a bump, man. A big one. Yeah. A big one. Um, so so we move on from there. We have the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Um, Bray Wyatt defending against Randy Orton, uh, who was the Royal Rumble winner. Um, I really enjoyed the build up to this match, the long, the long build, which you never get to see anymore, because this has been in the works since August mm-hmm. of last year. Just such a such a disappointing end, though. To this uh, to this program because this match was about as disjointed as it could possibly be. I didn't uh, I didn't care for this at all. Um, I'm always I'm always um, on the fence with Randy Orton. Like mm-hmm. when Randy Orton gives a damn, like he he could put on a really good match. But I just it didn't seem like he. If, to me, it seems like Randy Orton is kind of over it, right? And um, and that's I mean, a dis- that's a disservice. It puts a disservice to Bray, man. Like, I've been waiting for Bray to to get some shine for a while, man. And well, the problem see- the problem is here is that this the the formula for this match was each guy does a couple moves and then tries to hit his finisher, and then the other guy does a couple moves and tries to hit his finisher. Yeah, like 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 they're doing like a fast forwarded version of what this match should have been. Essentially. Yeah. And then you had this weird effect where Bray Wyatt would do his like crab walk thing and then the lights would go dark and the mat of the ring would turn into some like image of like first worms, then maggots, then like cockroaches. And it was like this spooky Wyatt thing, but it didn't amount to anything. Yeah, it didn't creep Randy Orton out. Like if it if Randy Orton had some sort of psychological like issue with it. Right. Like remember when remember when Xavier Woods had like some sort of like psychological block like yes. that would let that that you know I thought they were like sowing seeds for something 
you know, to to happen with that. But if Bray Wyatt had that kind of power, if Bray Wyatt was the new Undertaker, if he was mm-hmm. like a hillbilly Undertaker, then, you know, I get it. But again, Randy just like, he just kind of shook it off. Like, eh, all right, whatever. He, he didn't react at all because it happened while Orton was down on the mat. Yeah. And like, and like, so you get this overhead shot of, of this weird image and the crowd was like, oh, that's weird. But they, like, even they like weren't really right, really sure what to make of it. Yeah. Because there was no payoff. Yeah. Like, like that's the problem is that there was nothing going on. It didn't amount to anything. And <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the issue when you do that is that like, if, or, if, if Orton's not freaked out there, like, like the referee did a better job of selling that than Randy Orton did. Like when that happened, the referee like got the fuck out of the ring. They're like, oh, what the fuck's going on? But Randy Orton just fucking laid on the mat. Yeah. Like he didn't really care. Um, and then eventually, um, they each got a finisher, and and it, neither was enough to put it away. And then eventually, Bray like starts slapping Randy around, and then out of nowhere, Randy Orton just hit an RKO and pins him, and he's the world champion now. Uh, like the, I, I I mean everyone everyone likes the memes, right? The RKO mm-hmm. memes, like oh, I don't know where, I don't know where, yo, uh, it, it's not like it's not like. The end all be all of finishers, guys. It it doesn't have the same impact as I don't know. You can't just hit an RKO, in my opinion, and then just be like, oh well, now it's over. I I don't know, man. I I don't know. Well, the, the, like the match just had no pacing. Yeah, like, like I, it, there there was no. I don't I don't know what the fuck story they were attempting to tell with this match, and I don't know if it was they were constrained for time. I don't know if they just had a bad spot on the card to do this, but it just wasn't a good match. It was easily the worst match on the night, and you definitely don't want the WWE world title match to be the worst match on the card. Right. Now, we go from there. Speaking of matches we thought were going to be terrible, um, we have Goldberg defending the Universal Championship against Brock Lesnar. Now, it had been said... That this match was not going to be, you know, three moves and done like the other Goldberg Lesnar encounters had been. Mm-hmm. So of course you're worried because Goldberg in his and in, in in his heyday was not a guy who you wanted to wrestle a ten minute match. Right, fifty year old Goldberg certainly not someone that you want to wrestle a ten minute match or a ten minute match. Jack Jack uh Jack was in the fan group asking when the antici- when the hotly anticipated Goldberg Lesnar match was happening, to which Terrence replied, that match isn't anticipated. And Terrence <laughs> was right. Um but I got but I gotta say, whoever is the agent that was putting together these matches for this feud deserves double their salary. Because they did the best three matches with these two guys that you ever could have come up with. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, because like the 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 first couple of squash matches, like, all right, you get it, because you don't want Goldberg will get gassed, right? Right. And and, and, and like I said, you make Goldberg look great. Yep. You give Lesnar like like you put a dent in his armor, which is right. what you need to do to make this story plausible. Right, and you give him a reason to want to kick the shit out of this guy. Yeah. Like, 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 like the the biggest problem with Brock Lesnar, as in this in this iteration of Brock Lesnar, is he doesn't really have a lot of motivation other than wanting to beat people up. Yeah, but with this with this storyline, 
here's this guy who's gotten over him at every turn and he can't stand it. Yeah. And 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 Paul Heyman and despite that, Paul Heyman still builds him up as this unbeatable guy, but he knows in the back of his head that if he loses this match, it it, it will be the bane of his existence. Yeah. For the rest of his career essentially. Um so the match the match begins um Lesnar comes out of the gates like a house of fire because he starts German suplexing the shit out of Goldberg. Um but then Goldberg takes him down and spears him in the ring. So here we go. Here we go again. Goldberg's got the upper hand. Lesnar smartly rolls out, but then Goldberg spears him through the barricade <laughs> at ringside. <laughs> when uh when that happened, it was like here, here was the pacing of this Goldberg match, right? Like, here's Goldberg's thought process. Speared him. All right, that worked. Oh, he's out of the ring? I'm going to spear him again, right? Oh, okay, that worked. Get him in the ring. Jackhammer. Bam. All right, I got this. Two count. And then the look on Goldberg's face is like, well, I'm out of ideas. Yeah, pretty much. Well, so so like, like you said, um, he goes to pick him up for the jackhammer. Um, Lesnar forces him down, puts him up for an F5. Goldberg instead of that and spears him again in the ring. So now he puts him up in the jackhammer. Um, but like you said, Lesnar kicks out. I think everyone, I think everyone in the arena really did think that that jackhammer was going to be, was going to be it because Goldberg had gotten the upper hand at that point. Um, so, so Lesnar kicks out. He, Goldberg sets him in the corner, hit a spear, and then Lesnar leaps over him. As he's going in for the spear, Goldberg kabongs himself on the the second turnbuckle and the ring post. And then after that, it's all Brock Lesnar from here. Yep. To the tune of about seven more German suplexes (laughs) on Goldberg. Uh, Finally, and (laughs) he puts him out of his misery with an F5. And now Brock Lesnar is your new universal champion. I love how... Brock finally realized that the only way to beat a super Jew is to just throw a bunch of German moves at him. <laughs> oh my goodness. What do you think of uh Brock being the um being the champ? I I feel like I feel like this is kind of this is kind of weird, but in my head like Brock is like Shao Kahn. Like he's just mm-hmm. he's just the boss at the top of a ladder. It is very it's curious to see where they're gonna go. Because like if you ask me to point to the guy who should be the number one contender right now on Raw, I don't know who it should be. Yeah. I like, really don't. Like it feels like it feels like you're you're gonna have to pick a character and then watch that character run through a ladder. And then just fight the boss. And I don't know what kind of story they would tell. Mm-hmm. Because I can't see Brock wrestling on a regular basis. So this is another thing that I'm very curious about. Because, I look, it didn't have the same effect with Goldberg. Because we kind of all knew that Goldberg was, was going to lose this match. Right, because we figured he was going to go away. Yeah, yeah he had he had his his cup of coffee. Right, like he he had his run. He his kids saw him, you know, be a champion, and then like, all right, I am fucking done. 
Like, right. don't call me again. <laughs> <laughs> he was till, on Ed till, and till the Hall of Fame induction. He was on Ed and Edge and Christian's podcast. Apparently, he was just like, "Yo, this is this fucking sucks." <laughs> like, I I gotta work out and like, and not like work out like I normally work out. Like, I gotta I gotta like build up my cardio and all that crap. Like, nah, man. Like I, I did this for my kid and for all the little little Goldbergs out there, you know, eat your Wheaties and the bur- and, the burger maniacs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's done, and um, yeah, I'm very interested to see how this is going to play out. Yeah, it's like I said, it's it's gonna be curious to see who the guy is that's gonna that's gonna rise up to. Uh, to challenge Brock Lesnar. I think I think it could be I think you could get yourself in a position where Samoa Joe could be that guy. I think he uh I think he's credible enough to be able to to rumble with Brock Lesnar. Oh, that'd be good, man. Yeah. So I think I think that's the direction that you're gonna want to head. Um so we'll see. We'll see. It could be uh it could be very interesting times ahead for that universal title. Um we do get the SmackDown women's championship match, uh Alexa Bliss versus the world. <laughs> um this is a this is a this is a six pack challenge match that existed essentially to hit the the reset button on this transitional period to basically just bridge the gap for Naomi's injury. Yeah. That she had last month. Like like I knew going in that she was gonna win because yeah. she's the hometown girl. They didn't want her to lose the title in the first place. She had to because of an injury. Um and Alexa Bliss really didn't do much with the belt this past month that she had it. Right. So this was just a means to get to there. Um, this was a very quick match, um, but they probably, still, which is probably why this match was originally going to be on the pre-show. Yes, because there wasn't a lot to do. Um, and they had to make it quick too, because we're running a little bit long, but look, they, they did a good job because it was action packed. Everybody got their stuff in. Natalia put a sharpshooter on two people simultaneously, which I've never seen before, mm. uh, which was a cool little, Cool little moment. I'm not a fan of the Canadian cat lady. No, <laughs> no, not a fan. I like I like almost everybody there except for her. I'm not uh, enamored with um, um, Carmella either. But um, everybody else, you know, short of uh, short of uh, Aloy over there and her and her dreads, <laughs> uh, I'm a fan of of uh, I'm a fan of Becky Lynch. I'm a fan of Naomi. Who, quite frankly, you know, deserves a a title run, mm-hmm. um, and I think she'll get it now too. Like I think yeah. she could, uh, I think she could have a good lady. program. Please yeah, so I, th- I think you can see some good stuff there. Um, she eventually gets Alexa Bliss in a reverse full Nelson submission, which looked very cool, and uh, and she, and we're done in five minutes. She gets her moment in front of her hometown crowd, and uh, and she's the new champ, champ once again. So. Very good. I'm sure Terrence was excited as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we are here. Finally, we've arrived five, seven hours later at the uh, at the main event for the evening. Roman Reigns against The Undertaker. Uh, we get a little bit of surprise. Jim Ross is back. Um, he's coming down to call the match. Good to see old good old Jr. back into the fold. Um, you know, feeling feeling for him. Um, he of course lost his wife mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. Uh, in very sudden fashion, which really sucked, and uh, it's very very cool for them to bring him back because um, I'm sure this is something that is pretty cathartic for him. Yeah, getting to get, to distract himself from from his grief. So good good on them to uh to bring back good old Jr. 
Um, they come down to the ring here. Roman Reigns, of course, is getting booed like crazy. Um, but that's fine because Roman really was playing the heel in this feud. Like he wasn't like a dirtbag heel, but he was just he was the dude that was going around before this match being like, listen, I respect you, but at the same time, I don't give a fuck about you, old man. Like I'm coming to beat the shit out of you. Yeah. Because this is my house. And uh and Taker Taker came to play, man. Like he uh he was very vocal, which is not something you usually see from the Undertaker in the early going. He was trash talking Roman Reigns while Roman Reigns was outside the ring. And uh and look, Undertaker was playing the hits. He he was he was doing the Undertaker stuff. He was, you know, doing his snake eyes, he was doing his punches. Look, man, Roman Reigns is a guy, much like John Cena ten years ago, who doesn't get enough credit for the things that he does. And he sold like crazy for the Undertaker in this match. Yeah, he did. Uh, you know, Roman is um Roman is one of those dudes that like I want to love, but I don't love him. I just kind of like him. Mm-hmm. Um, when everyone is screaming, you know, go full heel, go full heel. I don't necessarily think that's needed because I don't think it's going to help him in any way. Like people still aren't going to like him. They're they're probably going to and and there are way too many really good heels out there mm-hmm. for him to just be to just be and I don't give a fuck heel. And um I just I just don't know what I don't know what Roman is in this place where he has a ton of potential but I don't know what they're doing with him. I mean, but that's that's kind of the beauty of where he's at because they can do anything they want. Like like you can you can literally he's in this weird like middle zone where because his attitude is sort of heelish as far as his inability to care what you think. But any but he also doesn't do like typical like, you know, go get him babyface stuff, you know, like he's not like a white meat babyface type of guy. So you can match him up with anybody. Like if you want to put him up against a big heel, like a shitbag heel, that works. If you want to wrestle him against a baby face, you can do that too. Yeah, but isn't that just doesn't that make him just a glorified uh a glorified jobber? Not necessarily he would lose these matches, but it when you don't have a defining characteristic, and maybe look, maybe his defining characteristic is I don't give a fuck. But mm-hmm. when you don't have a defining characteristic about yourself, then you don't in my opinion, you don't really like, there's no place for you. Like you're just here to make the other guy look good. Yeah. But that's, but see, that's where the build comes into play. And I think they did a good job building to this match of <laughs> like, like, like you have, like you have this guy who's trying to hang on, who's trying to show that, you know, I can still do this. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still the guy that you need to pay reverence to. And you have this other guy, this, you know, young, young up and comer. Who's like, this is my time now. Like, like you had your day and you know, that's great, but now it's time for me to be that dude to, to, to get it done. I think I want, I think I want a little more and I hate, you have no idea how much I hate this word, but I think I want a little more passion out of Roman Reigns. Mm -hmm. You know, I want him to, I want him to get fucking mad or I want him to like, nobody likes a guy who's just like, no, I don't know. I don't give a fuck. Well, look, and and well, and and to that point, like if they were going to turn him heel, they had the opportunity to do it in this match because you totally could have done the Steve Austin heel turn that they did at WrestleMania 17, mm-hmm. where he's so desperate 
to fucking be the guy and the and and his opponent just will not will not go away so that he he just loses it and just resorts to just beating the shit out of the guy like with a chair like Austin did with the rock at that WrestleMania. Um you could have done that here if you'd wanted to. But again, I don't I don't think they want to make him a traditional heel because they don't have to. Yeah. You know what I mean? They they don't have to do that if they don't if they don't want to do it. Um and quite frankly, so that, that's where I, I don't at. I don't necessarily think they should either, by the way. Like mm-hmm. I don't think they I don't think they need him to be evil. Like like I you know, he doesn't need to be, you know, the big Uso. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he, he doesn't need to have a complete personality change, you know, different theme music and all that shit. Like I just I, I don't know. I want I want something for that guy, man. And um, I just, but I, mean, I just don't know what it is. But he's the guy where the old adage rings true. He still gets the biggest reaction of anybody on the card. Yeah. That reaction might be a mixture of boos and a mixture of cheers, but people still give a shit about the fact that he's there. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's he's John Cena. Like, like this is John Cena 2.0. Yeah. Just without the personality. Yeah. Essentially. So... That's where you're at. Um, Undertaker goes for a tombstone pile driver on the announce table, but instead Reigns spears him through the Spanish announce table. Uh, a bump set up specifically so that Undertaker could do a pretty badass set up to the to the, dis, the disbelief of Roman Reigns. Um, he gets he gets back into the ring. Um, Undertaker puts him up for a last ride, or as you put it, a last ride that hit a couple of potholes yeah. along the way. <laughs> I mean, look. Look, all credit in the world to, you know, The Undertaker. He's a 52-year-old man doing this stuff. And on the one hand, like, I ain't doing that shit now. Right? right? But on the <laughs> other hand, like, it, it was kind of rough, man. <laughs> it was. It was. Um, but Roman Reigns kicks out of that. Um, Undertaker grabs the chair. He starts wailing on Roman Reigns. Bad move. He's wearing body armor. What the fuck are you thinking, <laughs> Undertaker? <laughs> Uh, so Roman Reigns gets the upper hand, um, two two Superman punches. But then for, when he goes up for a third one, Undertaker catches him, choke slams him on the chair, kick out at two. Uh, Undertaker puts him on, hits a tombstone pile driver, not on the chair, just a regular tombstone. Roman Reigns the late kick out. So the crowd the crowd thought for a second that might be it. Uh, Roman Reigns able to kick out. Um, now you have the the most awkward spot of the match. That they could paper over, I, you know. Actually, you know what? It's not the 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 announcers should have done a better job of papering over this because I think that they could have saved this spot on TV at least. But unfortunately, because they didn't do a good job of it, it just looked bad. Where Undertaker picked up Roman Reigns for another tombstone, and Roman Reigns tried the deal where he he fell backwards and picked the Undertaker up. Yeah, for his own tombstone, but he couldn't get him picked up, and I don't know if that's his fault or if that's Taker's fault or what. Um, but they they tried a couple times to do it, and eventually they had to bail um, and and just do a Superman punch. Yeah, for a two count. So that was a shame. Um, Roman Reigns hits a spear, but as he goes down for the pin, he gets put into the Hell's Gates, uh, but he's able to struggle to the ropes, and now it's Roman Reigns' turn. Um, to get the chair and start wailing away at the Undertaker. Now, this is another spot where I think if you have a more seasoned guy, 
like a jot, like you know, like a fucking like a Miz even. Like he can start to really rile the crowd because the crowd was starting to kind of keel off here. Yeah. At this point in the match. Um so he he goes to the town on the Undertaker, he hits a spear, Undertaker kicks out. He hits a third spear. So for sure he's done. Undertaker kicks out. That popped the crowd. Because I really don't think they were expecting him to kick out of the third spear. Yeah. But then this is where Undertaker is like he's so beaten down he just can't stand up. I think they went for the Ric Flair ending, which which was kind of poetic since they were in Orlando, where Taker basically said to Reigns, like you 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 know, you know you can't keep me down. And Reigns like Reigns, of course, is in disbelief at this point. So he does he run he runs the ropes twice. And then delivers a fourth spear, and that's the ending. Yeah. So he finally gets the pin. Uh, Roman Reigns wins as as we all, and really he, as as he should have in this match. I think that was the right call for this particular match. Uh, Reigns gets the fireworks, uh, but it's Undertaker uh, who gets the who gets the send off. He's in the ring. Uh, the crowd, I think, realized what was happening. Um, he gets his stuff. He gets his coat, his hat, his gloves. He gears back up, but then leaves his gloves and coat and hat in the middle of the ring. Uh, he walks up the ramp, acknowledges the crowd one last time, and uh, and fades away. And I think finally the Undertaker has uh, ridden off into the sunset. What do you think about this being his last match? I mean, it's a very appropriate thing for him for this to be for this to be his last match because. He's always a guy like like yeah, like the Undertaker is a guy that you know he's been around for 27 years. He was never a guy who when you know Bret Hart was going to WCW and all these people were bailing on Vince like he was always Vince's general. Like he was always the guy that stuck through thick and thin. And he's always a guy that did cuz he cuz he was loyal to Vince because Vince fucking made him. Like yeah. like when he when he came to WWE he was fucking mean Mark Calloway. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and Vince made him health make him into the like the greatest character that the wrestling industry has ever seen. Like yeah. there's no way that fucking gimmick should have should have worked and gotten over the way it did. And he turned it into this like amazing thing. And I was reading an article um by David Shoemaker today on The Ringer, and the streak wasn't it wasn't a thing until much later on. Vince just kept having him win at WrestleMania because he deserved it. You know what I mean? Like he deserved to have that spot and he deserved to have the card. And another line that I thought was great from, from Shoemaker in this piece was that the undertaker never needed a world title. Like he never needed the world title to legitimize him. Like that's how good he was. Like he never needed to be the champion, but sometimes the championship needed him. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and so for him to to basically go out doing the right thing for the guy that's going to be carrying the torch for the next 10 years, like that's that's the ultimate thing for an old school dude like the Undertaker to do. And I think I think he absolutely did the right thing by not only losing in his last match because that's a given, but losing to Roman Reigns. In his last match. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I don't think I could have put it better myself. You know, I, I had the, I had the visceral reaction that people had, you know, mm. that, 
that people have just because they realize what's happening, right? Mm-hmm. They and they don't want to see, you know, their childhood fade away into the darkness. But um when you when you sit back and you objectively think about it mm-hmm. and and I could I, I mean literally you you have you've put it in you've put my thoughts into words. Like when you sit back and you think about everything that this man has done throughout his career and and it it puts a lot of things into perspective. And not only that, like it 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 kind of makes me it 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 reinforces what I want out of Roman Reigns mm-hmm. because like the Undertaker didn't have to do this, right? Like, I mean, at, at this point, the Undertaker could have just been like, Vince, go fuck yourself. I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. But maybe the Undertaker sees something. And, and that shows that the company sees something in Roman Reigns that. Well, if that wasn't already obvious. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but like, for for this to happen, I, for this to be the Undertaker's last match, like like this is how important the Undertaker is, right? The Undertaker retired Shawn Michaels, right? And 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 by the way, because it was the Undertaker, because Undertaker was the guy that retired him. Like Shawn Michaels could wrestle again if he wanted to. Like Shawn, like Shawn Michaels could have come back for an easy payday and could have wrestled CM Punk or could have wrestled fucking you know whoever, right? Seth Rollins, Daniel Bryan. Pick your pick your pick your you know flavor of the month that would have had a fucking five star match with Shawn Michaels. He could have done it. He he left with plenty of health, plenty of ability. Still, you know he was he he was John Elway. He left he left at the top of his game. Mm-hmm. Pretty much still. And he didn't because he didn't want to disrespect the Undertaker. Yeah. Like, that's what that means. And and this is like, and again, I, I read it somewhere that Roman Reigns could win 20 world titles. And I don't know if he will have a bigger accomplishment than beating the Undertaker at the Undertaker's last WrestleMania. Yeah. that might That might mean more than all the other world titles put together. Yeah, because man. he's one of two guys that have done it. I don't know. It was um it the overall program uh the overall program I enjoyed. Um, it was good. I I I I had a good time. I stayed up the whole, you know, I I got a little got a little loosey goosey there, you know, in the in the 6th hour. Mm-hmm. But um but it was good, man. It was um, it, it, the uh, the storylines of Van. I didn't have a problem with with any of the finishes. Mm-hmm. Um, I I will say for 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 a pay per view that had a very questionable build, yeah, for most man. of the matches, it definitely delivered because I wasn't expecting much, but the match quality was still. Fantastic. I wasn't excited about this this uh WrestleMania at all. And mm-hmm. um and from the get go, right? Like we talked about it on this show. AJ Styles and Shane McMahon, what? I mean, from the word go, like that match was a blast. Like a lot of fun matches. Um I I, I marked out at that tag team match. I I 
you know, somebody was cooking onions or somebody was chopping onions in my house at, at midnight, uh, when the undertaker was, was being lowered, um, and disappearing into the darkness. And cause I got a little misty and, and, uh, yeah, man, like it, it, it did what it had to do, man. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. very satisfied with, with this WrestleMania. It, it was good. Like I said, and, and there's still this, this impulse to, you know, in this day and age, it's it's everything, but it, but especially with WrestleManias, for everything to need to be binary, either the greatest or the worst. And you can't go into any WrestleMania expecting it to be the greatest or to, to compare it against other WrestleManias. Like, you have to take it for what it is, and you have to evaluate it for what it is. Now, I heard it said, um, I think by whoever was running the Monday Night Flaw, account that the matches were all solid from top to bottom but there's not one moment that you'll remember in any of those matches five years from now and you might be right because the the two lasting memories from this pay-per-view are going to be John Cena proposing to Nikki Bella Mm -hmm. and the Undertaker walking off you know riding off into the sunset basically like those are gonna be the two the two lasting images but that's okay like, like it, you don't have to have these memorable all-time matches to have a fantastic WrestleMania. Yeah, you're not going to remember everything about every WrestleMania. You're not. <laughs> I, I, you know, it just, like, I'll, it just I'll give you, I'll give you a great example. WrestleMania Eight was a ma- was a WrestleMania that was a solid WrestleMania. It had some very good matches. It had the the Bret Hart Roddy Piper Intercontinental Title match. It had the Ric Flair, Randy Savage, WWE, well, at that time, WWF title match. Those matches were great matches, but they're not, like, remember, remembered in the annals of time matches. Like, neither of those matches are going to show up at this point as, like, a top 10 WrestleMania match. Conversely, you'll have shitty WrestleManias that do have matches that stand out. Like, like WrestleMania 25, for example, you know, had the first... Undertaker Shawn Michaels match, which most people say is the best WrestleMania match of all time, but the rest of that card was kind of trash. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, so it matters what you want. Like, do you want that that one standout match that you'll remember for the rest of your life, or are you perfectly happy getting getting a card that's solid from top to bottom? This this reminded me a lot of WrestleMania 21, which was a which was a WrestleMania that had a lot of very good matches. But nothing that was like an all-timer. Like probably the biggest all-timer match from WrestleMania 21 was Kurt Angle versus Shawn Michaels. Yeah. And, and that was probably the best match on the card. But even that's not really spoken of in the same breath as like Shawn Michaels, Chris Jericho. Or, you know, like like in the list of Shawn Michaels WrestleMania matches, it's not probably not even in the top five, right. honestly. Which is amazing because fucking Kurt Angle, you know, is fantastic. Right. So that's what this show reminded me of. This was, this was a WrestleMania 21, a show that I'm happy to have watched, that I enjoy watching, but doesn't really stick out of my mind years later, and that's okay, because it was still a good time. Yeah. It was worth the $10 I paid. <laughs> or, or free, in some people's cases. Right. <laughs> so, Come on, yo. There you go. But uh, but yeah, so that that's it. Um, so we are, both Mike and I are going to log off here and tune into Smarkamania. Um, look for, looking forward to see where the storylines go from here. We hope you guys had a good time listening to us. Um, we will see you back again for this uh, after SummerSlam 
in a few months. And we'll see you back on Dense Pixels next week. Talk to you later. See you. Thank you.